Hi, this is Larry Hama, and you're listening to Star Joe's Podcast. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 145, JoeCon 2015. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Robert. And welcome back, everyone. And we also have joining us, although he might stay silent because he sounds just like Robert at times, <laughs> uh, Robert's brother, Brian. <laughs> Robert Atkins here. What are you talking about? <laughs> so... When we start arguing with each other, it's not Robert going insane. Right. It's just literally his brother who sounds exactly like Although it is... I'm Robert. I'm a big fart. What? Hey! <laughs> Although it might be Robert talking to himself and arguing with himself because it might get late here. <laughs> no, yeah. It's, I would not doubt that. So we're at uh, in Springfield. Yeah. Uh, at Robert's home right now. Uh, I didn't have to go far for this convention. No, he didn't. Like it. <laughs> it's what, 10 minutes from your house? Maybe. If that. <laughs> if that, yeah. Um, and we had JoeCon. It, it's not all over yet. There's one more day of Sunday, so it's a yeah. Saturday night. Um, I don't know when this episode's going to go out. I also recorded a bunch of panels from JoeCon that I'll be putting out for you guys, so. Yeah, at least two or three. I got three today. Oh, wow, yeah. You'll do one And tomorrow. I'm going to do one tomorrow, yeah. so. That'd be great. I might put this episode out before I put those out, but, cool. um, but yeah, there's like voice actor panels. There's actually should be two voice actor panels I'll be right, recording. Right. One where they tell stories about stuff that happened with them, their experiences. And then one, it's a whole panel of what they did the last time I recorded, which is they're going to read, a, do like a live reading. Yeah, like the... the, the oh, I saw that. Yeah. That's really cool. The yeah. Club, the club oh, like writes up a script like it's an old Joe you know, dialogue or a scene, a couple scenes, right. you know what I mean? And they read through pages like they're... Yep. At the studio recording, yeah. They did it uh, two years ago at Indiana, right. where it was like a 10-minute thing. It wasn't really long, but this one's going to be a whole, the whole hour, for the most part, of 
them re doing a live reading. I'm like, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be a lot of fun. So hopefully I got that recorded well. I won't know till tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and the, so so let's kind of go over who the voice actors are that's here yeah. on the show. So we have, um, I don't have the list here. Right. So while Ryan's pulling it up, like the lady who is the voice of Baroness, Baroness. is Morgan. Uh, last name. Right. Insert here. <laughs> and, uh, and no, but she is, uh, she's awesome. She's so just very, very humble and sweet and just the, uh, the sweetest lady. She came by my table today and just kind of introduced herself and I was like, whoa, hold up. And I pulled out my, uh. Yeah. Baroness Print and how to sign it. And Ryan was like, well, you're here. Yeah. Well, I had the Jim Sorensen book. Yeah. And uh, where it shows like the concept art for, for, the for the show, for the cartoon. So I was like, while you're here, would you mind signing this? So I don't have to go wait in line. And she's like, sure. Can you throw, my co throw away my Coke bottle? And Ryan's like, yes, I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's not every day you get to throw away the Baroness's Coke bottle. <laughs> So, um, and then there's, uh, Brian Cummings, yeah. uh, who is the voice of, uh, Dr. Mindbender. Right. And then Zach, I can't remember his last name. I'm trying to look it up and I'm getting bad connection. Surprise. I'm getting a bad connection at Robert's house. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I always drop out. They tease me for like stealing my neighbor's internet. Right. Like, no, my internet's just that bad. Like, right. Um, but Zach was the voice of, um, Zartan and he was the voice of something else that I recognized too. Cause his normal voice sounds so recognizable. Yeah. If I can get connected. Yeah. Well, it's not working on my phone. Maybe I'm, re I'm, I'm restarting. <laughs> um, but some of the stories that they told were just hilarious. But yeah, his voice, like his normal voice sounds like something I've heard on another cartoon or something. But they all they are all really nice. Like I've interacted with all three of them so far. And all of them could not be nicer. I pulled it up just fine. My internet's working just fine over here. Well, you know. <laughs> that's you. All right, but if I don't know his last name, how do you find somebody? <laughs> I was looking. I was going to try to go to the Jokan yeah, webpage. So you get his name. So um, and then I did a panel with um, Adam Riches, who, who is another artist, kind of related to the the Joe Club, uh, um, the Collectors Club, that how they do their own right. FSS, you know, subscription figures, and he does all the card art for that. So yeah, he had a really good kind of. Um, Kind of PowerPoint, just kind of showing his process and stuff, and yep. uh, so you recorded that. I, re I recorded that, plus I recorded the video and I put it on our Facebook page that he showed of him doing Metalhead. Yes, that was really cool. So I actually was able to record the video of that, Yeah. and I put it on our Facebook page. Oh, you put it up already? Yeah. Oh, man, I need to check it on Facebook. Man, I've been putting up a lot of stuff today. <laughs> I put up all the, uh, the new Joe and Cobra vehicles that are coming out and figures. Yeah. From Hasbro because they made that announcement. I recorded that panel. That'll be out soon. I, well, I would have checked it out, but apparently, according to my wife, I don't have time for Facebook. Right, you don't. <laughs> you don't. Um, so that, that was like two minutes after you put it up there. It took me five <laughs> seconds to post the thing. I was like, "Dang, Laura!" <laughs> she threw me under the bus fast. Well, you had work to do. Yeah. So um, it's Zach Hoffman 
was the voice okay. of Zartan, and Morgan Lofting is yes. the voice of the Baroness. And uh, Brian, like I said, Brian Cummings was the voice of Dr. Mindbender. He's probably the most entertaining out of the three of them. How, how do you spell Hoffman? Uh, Hoffman. Oh, Hoffman. Hoffman. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Are you looking up his IMDb? Yeah, but I can't. I don't know what. There's a lot of Zach Hoffman's appearance. Well, I know what he looks like. So, I will find him. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that the uh, voice actors, and I'm, I'm sure it's like any profession, you know, it's like you kind of never know right. what you're going to get with these people. Like, and just their attitude towards them coming to a show based on a, something that they did 30 years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if, they, if they're flattered by it, if they're kind of like, I couldn't be bothered, you know, type attitude, or... Um, and you can go and talk about that. Yeah, like what's the question that you asked? So I asked them. Um, the, they, it was pretty much open. That session was mostly open to asking questions. Like they asked them, how did they all get the job right. that they got? It's which, like a big Q and A session, right? And my question to them was, I'm sure you know, while you were doing the show, you were kind of in a bubble of, it's you know, a job. it's a job, and and that's really what they confirmed. They said, yeah, like we would go do our voices for like four hours one day and then the next we'd go home and the next day we had another job to do doing like a commercial or whatever so like we didn't really have a chance to think about how gi joe was impacting people out there right so i said when did you realize that how big gi joe was or how big gi joe got to be and zach hoffman gave the funniest response which is he said uh yesterday (laughs) <laughs> so had he been to a joke con before? no it was his first time yeah. so um, I think for a lot of these people it's a wake up call like just the community and yeah. the you know the following that is still out there that people really dig and you know these are they're like they are celebrities you know because like everybody really enjoyed their work and they want to tell them that they did and so they're yeah, yeah everybody kind of treats them like you know just they are really uh, respectful and appreciative of like, what, you know, their contribution I almost wonder if uh, those old voice actors, if if like royalties, is this like because I know that that's more of a more recent yeah uh, development in in a form of payment for actors or even voice actors especially yeah so because I know like you get some of the like artists who do certain things for like Marvel or whatever and they can like see those royalties keep coming in or things of that sort or uh, like realize that oh these things are still selling or it's still being viewed or it's still being yeah. broadcast but um, a lot of these actors I almost wonder if you know it kind of just they did their job it aired and then they didn't hear about it yeah <laughs> yeah they got their check to, to go and record that day yeah for that week and that's all it was it was just a check yeah. for a job and they enjoyed it sure they had a good time they like telling stories about the time they had and how they interacted with each other. But it's not like it changes their life and it still pays the bills and you know, right. that kind of thing. Um, in fact, I, I very much doubt that they have royalty stuff in place. No, most time. of them did not. I so. Mean, um, so yeah, it's. I mean, they it, they it's cool to reminisce, but um, yeah, I mean, chances are, and and you know, some of them are still working quite a bit, you know, in, right. in, in the voice acting field or even just acting. So I haven't really found anything with Zach Hoffman. I mean, I found his his IMDb and he's uh, done some other TV shows and stuff, but not a lot of voice acting is in IMDb for him. So I don't know where I know his voice, but man, I heard his voice. I was like, I've 
heard you on other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's like when I went to Malta and back in November, uh, Paul Eiding was there, and he was the voice of Perceptor yeah. on the Transformers show. And he is just such a cool guy. I mean, he was um, the colonel, or captain, and all the Metal Gear Solid. What's oh, cool, yeah. Colonel something. Sure. I can look at Anyway, but yeah, it's like when you hear him talk, like, all I had to do is just lower his voice just a bit, and it's the guy. I was, I was like, just say, like, Snake! 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 And he did it for me on the bus, and I was like, you're the best! Man, we've got to have Paul out. I was like, yeah. we've got to have you on the podcast, and he was, he's totally all for it. Yeah. Like, I love doing interviews with these guys. Absolutely. Really well, especially, I mentioned to you, especially the voice actors, I love when we can get them on, or when I've heard them on other podcasts, because you ask them two questions the whole time, and you have an hour and a half show. Because <laughs> yeah. you ask them one question, it's like for the next 45 minutes, they're going to tell you all these stories and tangents, and stuff, which is great. I want a guest that does that. Because like, they're not tuning in to hear me on those episodes. They're tuning in yeah. to hear the voice actor and tell the story. So it's like if I can, the least amount of questions I can ask, the better. <laughs> <laughs> like while we had Bill Ratner on the phone, he like got a job call or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah. like, hold on, guys. And he's like, on we're recording as he's talking to his agent. And like, yeah. he's like, all right, see you. He's like, hey, yeah. just got a job to do such and Yeah. <laughs> like, that's awesome. And a lot of times now, they don't go to the studios anymore. They just are like, at home. What you can home record studios. into your iPhone, even even into your iPhone, is like quality enough for yeah. certain projects. You know, right. so like, hey, we just need to say this line three times into the yeah. phone. And... Well, and a lot of them have home studios. Yeah, they do, yeah. So they just go into this room and they're like, here you go. A little boot. Yeah. But, um,. Which I kind of wish some of them would do more podcasting. Yeah. And maybe oh, yeah. it's out there and I'm not aware of it, but I'm just like, maybe it's like, hey, I do this all day for my job. Why would I? Maybe, maybe. There, hey, if someone's out there wanting to create a new podcast, maybe that's the podcast, the voice <laughs> actors podcast. And you just. Yeah, well, done by somebody who does, has voice acting, knows all the contacts, and right. brings people in for interviews. Right. Like, I would love to. Hear it's that. like uh, the guy who, uh, uh, John. John DiMaggio. Oh, yeah. He did he, a documentary. Yeah, he did a documentary it? called The Voice. on. It's on Netflix. Oh, I have and seen it's that. it's all the different like voice actors. Yeah. And it's awesome. It I is awesome. You want to watch that. Experiences. I heard about and, that recently. I watched the one where he had um, the guy that played Oliver on the Brady Bunch because he was also on that cartoon kid video that, um, that we watched the <laughs> intro for the other night. Last night, okay, last night, I'm delirious. I tried to stay up and keep working. All I got was one commission done that night. I don't know how we were up so late. Yeah, I, I don't either. Done. That was ridiculous. No excuse, Robert. Because we were watching Tron. Well, that's a good movie. <laughs> Tron, good. Tron Legacy. So. Yeah. Now, however, if I need to get work done, I just listen to the soundtrack. There yeah, you go. And I'm like, a machine. I become part of the computer. I just plug in, man. The mistake that I made that sidetracked Robert is I said, I have not seen Tron Legacy yet. And he goes, you haven't seen it yet? Oh, we're watching it now. <laughs> yeah, I started it. And, I, and I hadn't watched it in a while. Like, if it's something I just recently watched, I could have worked through it. But I was just, like, watching the whole time instead of drawing. <coughs> but anyway, so, we finished, if we finished watching the movie, and then, I don't know, we, I forget what we were talking, I think we were talking about shows that you watched that I hadn't seen yet. Yeah. And so we then, you know how you can just go to YouTube and put in, like, 80s cartoon intros. Yeah. yeah, and we just like watch one after ball. the next. I know we were <laughs> yeah. there for 30, 40 minutes. And I was getting delirious, but yeah, man, it was just uh, that's so the. So one really cool thing that came out of JoeCon today, um, and I got to tell Robert about it, and you guys will hear it on the uh, 
Hasbro panel episode. Um, Hasbro's coming out with a bunch of stuff, and I think it starts in August uh, for 2015, like yeah. vehicles and figures and everything else for Joe. So Hasbro is not, even though it looks like it on the shelves, Hasbro has not gone away from G- doing GI Joe. Um, they're just being, they're <clears throat> being very like uh, deliberate. Yes. About the projects they're working on and how they're releasing them. Yeah. It's not like we're gonna do a big wave, see how it does. Yep. You know what I mean? Instead, they're like. They're re- actually really listening to fan feedback. Yeah. Specifically, the people who are like subscribing to figures and yeah. out there buying the most Joes and doing things that we're asking for. Like, yeah. That's pretty amazing. Well, and they're saying like um, they showed a chart where they showed what they did in 2014 and what they're going to do in 2015. Oh, that's cool. So in 2014, they had um, four two packs of okay. action figures. 2015, they're having five. Right. So. So they did. They're doing one more set of two. A little more. Right. Uh, in 2004, they did three three packs. 2004. Or I'm sorry. Two, yeah. 2014. Like, <laughs> 2004. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So in 2014, they did three three packs. Yeah. In 2015, they're doing four three packs. Nice. So they're just bumping it up. Right. Like, yeah. And then in 2014, they did two vehicle, like, multi-pack type things, which was, like, they had the one with the, um, oh, what the heck was it called? The one with uh, the Cobra Eel and Flint, and it had the little raft for the Cobra Eel, right. and, and had the vamp for Flint and everything. Yeah, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, so they did two last year for that, that were like that, where it was a bigger set. They're only doing two this year also, but they're like, it's a bigger two. <laughs> so it's yeah. like bigger sets. And they announced what their con exclusives were going to be. They yep. phenomenal, but yes. how are you going to get them? Yeah, that's yeah, that's the tricky part. Um, but the really cool thing that ha- that Hasbro did was, and we had mentioned this in an earlier episode, was that uh, we unfortunately lost Gary Goggles yeah. this year who was huge in the Joe community and everything, and Hasbro knew he was huge in it. And they created a, a new character for the new version of the Sky Striker that they're doing, because they're actually giving you two figures for the Sky Striker. Um, so you're getting an ace, and you're getting a new, ca- brand new character called Sightline, yeah. who is like looks like this awesome like sniper-type character, and he wears goggles. Well, they hadn't really fully developed his profile yet for his file card and they hadn't given him a real name yet other than you know he, he got his code name but it didn't have his real name yet or you know where he was born or anything like that so they have it in their legal that they will know they no longer create characters based on real people right it's just part of their legalities now that they don't do it anymore but they went to their legal team and said, can we make an exception? Is there some way that we can make this happen mm-hmm. and that we can break this rule this one time because we want to honor this guy? And they were able to do it. And so the Sightline's real name is going to be Gary Goggles, right? which is awesome. He's going to be from Chicago, Illinois, which is exactly where Gary's from. And... There's gonna be some stuff in in the bio too, so I just thought that was and if so awesome. Anybody out there listening to the show who, who happens to have never met Gary or, or know who we're talking about, you can just like search Gary Goggles Head, yeah, uh, and 
Joe Declassified. Yeah. Who is a big part of that organization. He, he wasn't the one who started it, but man, when he came on board, he was just uh, just really into it. And yeah. he produced the most. He was able to uncover the most information and just yep. some really valuable artwork that was just hiding in people's drawers. You know, yeah. just came across it. He got a lot donated you know, to the to the program and it's just brought so much awareness to the general fan base. Yep. About just the production of the Joe property back in the eighties and just everything yeah. that went into it and like concept art people have never seen, he would unearth. He was like, Where'd you get this stuff? He was so good yeah. at it and he was just so passionate about it. Well and they even said and like I said, you guys will hear it in the actual uh, recording, but they actually said like where most collectors are very like being a collector is a very selfish thing. And I think yeah, most people, like what you want, right. You want, yeah. And I, I think most people would agree with that. Even if you're not a selfish person, that's not what they mean by that. No, you're collecting for your, for you. Want, yeah, right. You want, yeah. But they said, um, so because of that, you tend to be a little bit more private about the things that you're trying to get because you don't want the next guy to get it and <laughs> stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going for that too and stuff. Um, but they said Gary was the exact opposite of that. He wanted to share as much about his collecting and other people collecting as possible. Well, and he's, I, I mean, I met Gary at a few conventions, and I really got to know him back at the Joe Con in Indianapolis, yeah. where he helped me get my flag. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't have got that flag, right? Uh, if it wasn't for him, to introduce me to another guy who was able to get me, you know, the deal on it that I did. So yeah. it's just really, I don't know. So I always appreciated that, but we kept in touch after the shows, and and. Um, this is a really phenomenal guy. When I went to the UK show, the rollout roll call, yeah, and we always had dinner together, hung out with him and his wife, and just it was a, it was a, he was a really great guy. So it's yeah. it's just crazy that he's gone, but but I thought this was that's so it was so awesome. So classy. It's just really cool for them to yeah. stand up and kind of just honor him that way. That's yeah, great. and he got and and Hasbro got like a standing ovation for doing that, oh, I'm because, sure, yeah. it's just, which totally worth it, uh, deserving of it. Um, but yeah, I mean say what you want about, you know, complaints about Hasbro and everything else, but it's like, obviously they, they know what's important. And I really liked the things they had to say about the figures that they're coming out with. Cause like you said, they're listening to the fans. Yeah. And I think that hasn't always been the case um, because they're a business and they've got to look out for obviously what is going to be profitable and marketable. Um, and that ultimately is the bottom line, but you know, they're creating toys. They want to be creative. I right. know they're, they're a creative team wants to do all these cool things. Right. And it has to be reined in. They can't just have, you know, carte blanche to do whatever they want. You can't have, like, 20 unique molds. Yeah, and... exactly. And and th- we would run into this all the time with the IDW comic, is you would, we would get suggestions from, say, 100 very vocal fans on the forums. Like, we want this book. They would make the choice to do that, and then it wouldn't get, it would, nobody would buy it, except for right. those 100 fans would be crazy happy, but then sales are tanking. Right. You know, so... Well, but... at you have to be careful on the listening f- to the like the vocal, right. You know, the flip rate. side of that though too, and not to bring up a sore subject for some of our fans that like this title, <laughs> but I was someone that was very vocal saying, I want a Transformers versus GI Joe book or just a tra- doesn't have to be versus yeah. just a crossover book. I think that would be awesome. I think it would sell and everything else, but I don't want the one that's out there right now. <laughs> so it's like. It's like, yeah. yeah, the fans want stuff, but sometimes they don't get what they really want. Yeah. Like, they didn't find out, well, what did you really want? Like, what were the details yeah. of it? It's just... Like, who would you want on the book or whatever? Right. And, I mean, that's... 
and it's you their job to kind of make those decisions and decide, sure. and then you know, as a fan base, you you vote with your wallet, you right? Know, you decide if it's good or not, you know? right? But the thing I liked, like I heard from uh, Hasbro in their panel, was they were saying like I mentioned to you the Troop Builder two packs that they're doing. Yeah, so go ahead. I mean, again, it'll be up in the panel, but explain this is because Brian, I'm sure, heard yeah, knew about it. So what they're uh, what they've done in the past is they would have two pack figures, sure, and they would have like. Um, to give you an example of a recent one, they would have an Arctic bat with... Sounds like the Android Trooper. Yeah, yeah with sure. uh, Snow Job. Right. So if you wanted a troop build, the bats, you had to buy all these two-packs, and you would end up with like 10 Snow Jobs. You got so many Snow Jobs. Right. <laughs> so, which is one of the most unfortunate names of a Joe ever. <laughs> Only one worse is... Really popular guy. The, uh, the, the worst one, though, is still Skidmark, though. So... <laughs> Nobody's going to troop build Skidmark. No one's going to troop build Skidmark. <laughs> one Skidmark is enough. Pretty sure yeah. I did that last year. I don't know what I did. <laughs> I, I don't collect figures. No, I've got my collection no, of Skidmark. No, you poop... No, you poop build <laughs> Skidmarks. It wasn't troop building. Hey, we were being classy about it. Wasn't, it wasn't troop building. It was poop building. We were being classy about poop stains, and you had to just take it right over the cliff. I, that's usually how this goes. Oh, you, just, you just had to mudslide it. <laughs> wow. So, anyway. circling back. So, circling the <laughs> wow. So, what Hasbro said they're going to do, what they did is they listened to the fans and said that we're saying, look, I don't need all these individually named figures to troop build this other one. So they're starting to do two packs where it is just troop building figures. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's great. So that they're, makes sense. So like, they're going to do know, a, they came uh, out with a pack to be like, somebody's going to buy this and like to have a, an Arctic trooper or bat yeah. versus their snow job. You know, it's right. just like, there you go. A kid can buy this and have a good guy, bad guy that correlate. And Which they is great. Battle. You know, that's the marketing point. But then, there are people out there that want a true build, and that's horrible for them. Right. They, again, they're left with all these figures. So it makes sense. Like, come out with a single pack of Snow Job and release it in the same wave that you do the double pack right. bat and, you know, the Snow Serpent. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like you've got two bad guys that can fight this good guy, and the people who want a true build can get the two packs. Right. Because so you, because you, you cover both bases then, because yes. you're, you're getting the one that's like, okay, I have a good guy and a bad guy. But now I also He's have the it for troop the first build. time for the kids right, out there that right. just wants to see them go against each other. So what they're doing is they're doing an Iron Grenadier and a Star Brigade figure. And the Star Brigade's a troop builder for the and Joe both side. Both of those have been kind of long awaited, like we want an updated version of this. We right. want and, and they're listening to that too. So not only are they listening to that they're gonna package them together, but who to package. Yeah. Which is great. I'm actually hoping one of the future ones, I don't know if they've ever done this as a figure, and I'm sure there's listeners out there that know that they've definitely have done this, but I would love it if they did like, you know, whatever Cobra figure they want to do. Let's say it's just a Cobra uh, grunt or Cobra infantry figure with a green shirt, just a generic Joe green shirt. Yeah, they don't really have, uh, you know. And they were in the cartoon all the time. Well, it's like, you could do grunt... And, you know what I mean, and a regular green shirt, and somehow separate the two. Right. So you have, and then you could troop build that, you know. Yeah. Like, the grunt could pass as a green shirt, but you could say it's always somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But they, I mean, they, the green shirts I remember from the cartoon had, like, the, the little uh, brown yeah, shoulder straps, straps and then they had the helmet on and stuff like that. Right. It's like, 
just make that as your next one because th there's not a lot of troop building figures on the Joe side. <laughs> yeah, you have all the yeah, vipers and all the, the troopers. Yeah. But yeah, you can't get multiples of the Joe stuff. But if you want to do a two-pack of just Cobra troop builder figures, you could do that. Like, people would want to buy that. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool that they're look they're, they're listening to the fans saying, this is what I want because I want a troop build. And they're like, okay, well, here, we're going to give you a pack now that you can actually just, is just troop building. So. Sounds like a good panel. There's years where Hasbro's shown up at Joe Con and didn't really have much. Yeah. To show or display or even talk about. And not that it's a big booth. It's literally a table, a display case, and a banner. Yeah. At the show. Well, and they even said, they even joked about it in the panel and they said, we're a bit more of a presence this year than we were last year. And I think last year they didn't even they didn't show. Go, yeah. They didn't even go. And so, in Indianapolis, it was literally just a table right. with, like, a table display case. Yep. So, it's not been good the last three right. years. So, I think they finally realized, you know what, if we want to sell these toys, we need to go and talk to the fans that are going to be buying them. Yeah, the, the people here at this show are the diehards, you know, who travel right. with the show. They spend a grand for the weekend to be here. Yeah. This is their vacation, you know, so it's like they're devoted. And there's maybe a thousand people here. I would say, just like yeah. looking at the size of the con and other cons you've been to, I'd say attendance-wise, the, the amount of exhibitors that are here, about a thousand, two at the most, maybe at the busiest time, but I doubt it. No. I would say a thousand people. Um, but it's like the top tier thousand, yeah. you know, like people who are really willing to spend money to be here and do it. But also like people in the press, you know, like yeah. the, the podcasters, the people with websites, people who are reviewing, yep. you know, people from His Tank and... The people General that are going to get the word out to the fans that won't buy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So when Hasbro's here and has a big presence and puts a display up and takes the money and the time to be a big part of this convention that they host, yeah. I mean, like, the Fun Pub is like a licensed convention by Hasbro. Right. And when they don't even show up, you're like, you know, yeah. what are you saying about the property? Which, like, right. You know, the brand of the property who owns the convention, or at least has partnership with the convention, doesn't right. show. It's a little bit weird. Well, and I think it's, it like I said, the way they were talking, it makes it sound like they just finally kind of woke up and said, hey, maybe we should talk to these guys. And you could tell that that was important to them because, if you remember right this year, they didn't reveal any Joe stuff at Toy Fair. Right. And they said, we're going to reveal it at JoeCon. And I believe I remember right. That's just like a vote of confidence. Yeah. I believe they didn't really reveal much of uh, Star Wars either, because I think they said that they're gonna re they're gonna reveal it at Celebration. Yeah. So, like Robert said, those are the places you should make those big reveals because there's your diehard fans is right, right. there, mm -hmm. and they're gonna be the ones that tell everyone about it. So yeah, I, I think it's a smart move, which is goes back to what we've. We were talking about at one point too. I think IDW should be at these Joe Cons or have somebody here at these Joe Cons. They they were talk Hasbro was talking about their partnership with IDW, and they were like, "Oh, and IDW currently has three Joe books out there." And I'm like, "Yeah, they currently have three Joe books. Two of them are about to end in the next couple months." Yeah, and they're like, they're like, it's amazing what Karen Travis is doing with the the, the realistic take on GI Joe, and then you got Mike Costa with his work on Snake Eyes, uh, Agent of Cobra, and I'm like, Agent Snake Eyes, Agent of Cobra is a mini series that's yeah. about to end, and 
we just found out that the Karen Travis book was ending. So there's going to be one It's kind of G.I. Joe book. what's happening. Yeah. The Real American Hero is going to have its diehard fans are going to buy it no matter what. Right. And those sales numbers are enough to keep it going. Right. Um, and they're just going to put that out like twice a month now. So, yeah. Um, oh, twice a month. Yeah. And so they're dropping the other titles. They know that that has guaranteed sales, so they'll just run it twice a month. Yeah. Because they'll have rotating artists. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. And uh, there's definitely projects I would love to be a part of on the Joe property with them. But, right. again, it's like I'm not going to just jump in full bore on anything they do. Like, right. I want it to have a direction. So we'll but see. I think it would be good if IDW did what Hasbro's doing now, which is get a presence here. Just send one guy for a booth yeah, and have that guy talk to the fans and find out what interests them. Are they currently buying the Joe titles? You know. Well, I think what would be really great is so if IDW, they go to the, the Real American Heroes, they just they 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 go all out for mm-hmm. that one, that one series, that monthly title. Right. And then, you know, almost like they just do an exclusive, you know. Something that the fans really want to see. Right. Do a quick mini series of it. Right. And just do those every once in a while. Yeah. Just spot it. You know, kind of like a, like Hasbro is doing, just like, hey, this is what the fans really want. Right. We'll just put this out there. It's probably not going to be a huge run. Right. Whatever it might be. Well, and I wouldn't even care, and, and I'm sure there's some of our listeners that would disagree with this, um, but tied into what you're saying, I wouldn't even care if they did just like a six-issue miniseries or a 12-issue maxi series or something like that that was just... A Joe story. It doesn't have to fit into any type of continuity, but it's a different. That story is a different take than the a real American hero. Well, it's like the old spotlight issues. Right. Uh, you know, like when I did the special missions, Tokyo, Antarctica, the Manhattan that Devils Dude did. Like, right. It was an oversized, usually about a thirty to forty page comic. That was just a one-off mission of what seemed like random Joes kind of thrown into an environment and then making the best of it because they came across the Cobra situation. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. I mean, because then the fans who are diehard fans of whatever obscure uh-huh. <laughs> character, character. Yeah. they might actually see him do something. Right. <laughs> you know, I think but, that'd be great. But yeah, I mean, um, well, they they did, and, I, and everyone knows I'm a big fan of this, um, they did the G.I. Joe Danger Girl uh, yeah, miniseries, oh, yeah. Was which was fantastic. It took place completely out of any continuity. It was not tied to any continuity. It was just a fun G.I. Joe story that happened across over with Danger Girl. It was very much like in the vein of the Sumbo cartoon. Right. But drawn in a more comic book, mainstream comic book style. Right. So, I mean, it was a bit campy. Mm-hmm. Like, when we've talked about on the show, but when Roblox shows up and he's like, body massage. In the comic. I'm <laughs> right. Like, yeah. But the funniest hey, part about so that good. was... Yeah. They knew they were doing that. <laughs> like, it was intentionally it was put like in there. Yeah. yeah, it was for those that know where that came from. It's like this half page splash. If it was being like, who needs to Right. So, it <laughs> was. And that's what made that one fun. And it, it would be cool yeah. to have, like, a mini series that's just a fun mini series and then have a mini series later, maybe two, three months later, that comes out that's more of a gritty, realistic take, like a Resolute or something like that. Like,. That type of stuff would just be fun because you get a self-contained story that they can trade late, you know, they can put it into a trade later and stuff like that. And they're just cool Joe stories. Like, I don't need it. I loved the IDW continuity that they did, but I don't need that to enjoy a good Joe story. Right. 
And I think that, you know, because you'll have that real American heroes, which, as I was talking with Robert, like, uh, earlier about, like, the casual person that's going to attend the con that doesn't, they'll be like, oh, G.I. Joe, cool, I'll go to the con, you know, may not, may not have read anything or watched anything since they saw the cartoons right. like, when they were a kid or whatever. And then they walk in and they go, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I, I came across like a few of those guys. Like I me, I that. only know that most popular 1% of G.I. Joe's slash Cobras. Yeah. You know? And, like, and, uh, that real American heroes, you catch those. Right. You know? Because they know Cobra Commander's going to sell. They know Snake Eyes is going right. to sell. And so, you know, Duke and them, they'll, they'll throw those in that book. No one wants Duke. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> we have an aversion to Duke on this show. <laughs> it's more that we prefer Flint over Duke. Right. And we kind of think Duke doesn't really carry the weight. But, you know, <laughs> conversation. but we do have a third host who loves Duke. Well, and uh, we have some fans that love Duke. So but We like them anyway. Yeah. We accept <laughs> them. So anyways, back to your point. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that... Um, that real American heroes, like they can stick to that. The casual person who doesn't know about GI Joe, or I mean, that doesn't know all the the, the details and the nuances yeah. and yeah, you know that they can get because IDW is always going to want to catch that casual pickup also, right? You know, just comic just fan close by, yeah, right? You know. And, uh, and they can do that there, but then I think they can really branch out and do some creative stuff if they just... Yeah. Well, that's like they did the, uh, recently they did the, uh, which Robert knows this because he did the uh, variant cover for it, but they did the Turtles-Ghostbusters crossover. Yeah! Because it was two two <laughs> lines that they own to be able to do comics, two lines I never thought that they would ever cross over, but right. it was cool G. that I. they... Joe Turtles. Right. It's gotta happen. Yeah, you, they totally could do that. <laughs> I would be totally for that. Got Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow going up against the Turtles. Ninja versus Ninja. Yeah. Um, but no, like... That would be awesome. <laughs> get some slicing. Roblox versus Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah. There you go. Rocksteady. Body massage. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm trying to think of other combinations. <laughs> like... I know, right? Crockmaster and Leatherhead. Leatherhead. Yeah, yeah, Leatherhead, yeah. 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 You got... Uh, Casey Jones versus, uh, oh, who, uh, the Rat King and Tunnel Rat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking Casey Jones versus Cobra Commander because they both got the mask. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, who's, who's sports related? Who's, there's got to be a, a, some dumb sports related oh, besides the fridge. The, yeah. We got to do the fridge. Big Lob. Bazooka, Bazooka. Big Lob. <laughs> yeah. Big Lob. <laughs> Bazooka and Big Lob, like, right. uh, team up with Casey Jones and take out right. some foot soldiers or something. But, uh, I don't know where, it's, oh, so anyways, I was like, I don't even know where I was going with this. Um, but they did the, it was just a four-issue miniseries that was Ghostbusters and Turtles. They yeah. teamed up. It did not tie into the previous Ghostbusters series, and it did not tie into the current Turtles. It was a self-contained miniseries, and it was a fun read. It was yeah. just a good time. So do that with Joe, at least for a little while. And you don't have to do it forever like that, but if you want to create a new continuity, you can do well, that. If nothing else, IDW could use that to kind of uh, test the waters. Yeah. Try a bunch of different stuff, you know. Yeah. Well, and they've gone in so many different directions with a lot of these relaunches now. Yeah. That the continuity is so cloudy that you bring in a new writer. Like, Chuck and I have noticed this many times because we've talked about it. 
Um, Chuck's the other co-host, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but Chuck and I have talked about it many times. Like, we've noticed they bring in a new writer, and all of a sudden the character that was dead in the previous series is right there, and we're like, did they not tell this person that that person's dead now? So and then does that, is this not canon anymore? Right. Does that make what just happened obsolete? And, and sometimes it's a character like Crocmaster, yeah. who I'm like, well, I guess they could blow it off as, because Crocmaster got a spear through his eye. You don't come back from that. Oh, well. <laughs> you might come back from that. <laughs> Most people don't. So then all of a sudden a new writer came on, and there's Crocmaster. Now, if he had an eye patch on or something, I'd be like, I'm okay, sure. they, they remembered. It's a flesh right. <laughs> but I was like, well, Crocmaster is a character that wears a mask, so maybe they just brought on a new Crocmaster. But they never said that. It was just like, oh, here's Crocmaster. And I'm like, you know he died like a few issues back, right? <laughs> but it was a new writer, and they didn't know. I'm sure they weren't, didn't know, and there wasn't any. And if they tried to tell the writer what all the different continuity was. Right. They wouldn't write the book because they'd still be reading the continuity. Right. And, and honestly, I mean, really, that's that's an editor's job to be right. attentive to that. So they either consciously said, like, we're just kind of wiping the slate clean, and yeah. this is like a full-on reboot. But they never made that clear yeah. either. Yeah, they never came out and like said it. Anyway, so we, ultimately we're saying IDW should be here. Right. <laughs> After that long tangent, <laughs> IDW needs to be here so they can hear from us saying... Here's the comics we would buy from you. But there was a lot of awesome retailers there. Our buddies from Roma Collectibles yeah. were there. Love those guys. Ken, Aaron, uh, and Aaron's wife, Sarah. Uh, she was dressed as Zorana. Yeah. And uh, did an awesome job. The Thunder Machine was there. Yes. I posted a picture of that on the Facebook page. Yeah, and they've got just like a pickup truck. Like all Tiger Force, Tiger out. Forced like, out, yeah. That looks pretty cool. For it us. does. <laughs> like, Maybe Tiger Force isn't so like, bad. Whether you like Tiger Force or not, like when you see it as on a full size vehicle, yeah. you're like, that's kind of cool. You know? I want that pickup truck. <laughs> I'm like, are they raffling that off? Well, let's go, so let's kind of talk about it. Like, um, we had a chance to look at. I got an exclusive set. Uh, you know, being working on the comic book, like right. The Joe Club was nice enough to kind of gift me a set. Um, Robert really just walked out with a set. He just... <laughs> they weren't looking. <laughs> Look, a man deer. Like, what? <laughs> it's set. It's deer man. Deer man got, sorry, yeah. Half man, half deer. Right. And not the way you think. Right. It's a little awkward. <laughs> so anyway, so I got a concept we were looking through it yesterday. Um, and, and you know, these sets, like, they're crazy expensive. Yeah. I mean, it's like literally four or $500 if right. you're going to outright buy one. Which, to clarify, because I've noticed this with a lot of people uh, that were not aware, and I think the Collector's Club could do a lot better job with this when it comes to JoeCon, you do not have to buy that set to come to JoeCon. I know, they push it so much that, people that you kind of think, oh, I can't go to the show if, I, if yeah. I'm going to spend $600. I told so many people I was going to JoeCon, and they're like, I don't know how you afford the $400 set or the $300 set where I'm like, I didn't, I'm not buying it. And they're like, well, how are you going? I'm like, you can, it's, there's just general admission. <laughs> you can pay 20 bucks and get in the door. You right. Know, it's like not. So if you ever want to go to JoeCon, it moves every year. Go to um, a new location. Yeah. Yeah. So it moves to a new location every year. If there's going to be one by you that you'd like to check it out, go. Like Robert said, it's like 20 bucks to get in and you can 
have the, all the... It's, most of the retailers, uh, I think it, it's in kind of the, the literature when you become an exhibitor, you have to have at least 50% of your display has to be G.I. Joe. Right. And honestly, the people here, it's almost 75% or more. Yeah. This show, more than others, you know, in Indianapolis, there's people set up who had like loads of Masters of the Universe figures yeah. and Marvel legends. And you'll still and find, I still found them at here, this show, yeah. But not as prevalent. It's, no. It's actually quite a bit of Joe stuff at this one. Yeah, there's a lot of Joe stuff at this one. But, uh... Which is what you kind of come here for. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> certainly is. Um, the show floor, me and Ryan were talking about this. Uh, the Indianapolis show that we went to, it was Ryan's first one, was a pretty small show. Yeah. It was like hotel ballroom size. You know what I mean? Right. Um, the one here is a convention hall that's like split in half. You know what I mean? So we're looking at, I'd say this show is about twice the size as the Indianapolis one. Yeah. Like, generally. Yeah, that was my first impression. That it, was, it was about twice it's the about size. Twice. The, the venue's much better. You know, There's a lot more retailers more, this yeah, time. Just, it seems like a bigger space. Um, the one in Dallas last year I heard was, in fact, larger. Okay. Than this one. So it's like it, the show fluctuates depending on the venue. Right. Uh, which exhibitors are going to be there and set up. Um, and it's Dallas versus Springfield. Nothing against Springfield, no, but... Yeah, and everything against it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of things we could have done to get more local interest and yeah. uh, impulsive, like, come and show up. I think if the ticket prices were $10 instead of 20 Right. People in this, I mean, people here aren't used to going to conventions. Right. Any just, conventions. No, at all. Like, if we, if they could have done radio spots to say, hey, there's a, a J.I. Joe convention coming, like, just so the general public knows. I think it was in the paper. It was, you know, they might have had, like, a brief, like, on the news, like, five second, hey, there's a Joe Con coming to town. Yeah. I think that they even could have done uh, media spots in local, well, not local, but even uh, reasonably close large cities like St. Louis. Peoria, Champaign. You know, yeah, just, Peoria, yeah. Champaign. Those, anywhere that's about three hours drive from here, which right. would even hit some parts of Chicago. I was going to say Chicago and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that, that people who are Joe fans would come, but who don't necessarily follow Joe Kahn. Right. travels each year. So, you know, we could have gotten a lot more relatively local or, or, or local people to, to impulse come to the show and see what it's like. If the price, if it was advertised for a little better, if the prices were a little more reasonable to come in. Because if somebody pays 20 bucks to get into uh, a convention, like they're thinking, all right, I've paid my money, now entertain me. Right. You know, it's like it's like paying for a ticket at a concert or something. It's like if you're already paying 20 bucks. Right. The convention is like, here, pay us 20 bucks so that you can come and spend more money. Right. Or leave with nothing. Now, I will say, though, <laughs> too, I think that they did a better job. And part of this is because Hasbro's here. But I think they did a better job this year than the Indiana, Indianapolis one of having entertaining panels. Yeah. Because those so. don't cost anything more. So if you are right. coming in just for entertainment reasons, you want to pay your 20 bucks, you can walk the show floor, see the different toys. Get your full of nostalgia, and then go watch, see, see some of the panels. Now, and that's one thing that I thought was really nice, as opposed to say even some uh, comic cons. Yeah. Where is that? You know, where they have like the custom contest. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Like that was yeah. great to just walk through yeah. all those, see all, like you know, those custom builds that people have done, and yeah. uh, you know, some of them in GI Joe, some of them like there's this badass. Uh, Scooby-Doo. Yeah, like, I love that one. That was awesome. I posted that on our Facebook page. So for for those of you that haven't been to a JoeCon, what they do is they do this custom contest, and people build these awesome like custom sets or cost, custom figures and stuff like that. Like dioramas. Yeah, yeah, full dioramas and everything. And, and like I said, I posted quite a few on our Facebook page. Um, 
and you just they're set up for display. So again, going back to like you come in and you want to be entertained, you can just walk up and down that. True, but yeah. there's I mean I spent the Scooby like an Doo. hour just looking yeah. through those. Yeah, I did too. And like you said, there's a Scooby Doo one where it's like these GI Joe style figures, but they look just like the Scooby Doo characters except. They're a little bit more deadly. Yeah, a little Mad Max, a little zombie Walking apocalypse. Down, yeah. Like, yeah. Awesome. So yeah. cool. I loved the uh, half torso on the mystery machine. It's <laughs> very Mad Max machine. looking. Yeah, mystery yeah. machine. I like the two like uh, sharpened tree trunks yes. for instead missiles. of the missiles. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what are you shooting that at? <laughs> So, um, drunk to the chest, like, take that zombie. Yeah. <laughs> the other one that I liked that I told Robert about was there was the, um, the Moray hunt one where it was like, it was a dock scene. That one was really cool. Yeah. And it was like, a, it was like, a, it had sound effects of like yeah. seagulls and everything else going on. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the lounge singer snake eyes. Oh that yeah. That was awesome. That was like, what's he going to sing? <laughs> Yeah, it I was. I was gonna be dead. Was, Why would you ever pay for that? It was Lounge yeah. Singer Snake Eyes with Timber, and they both had yeah. microphones in front of them. <laughs> and they did have Lounge Singer Destro too, yeah. which was pretty cool. It was basically Pimp Daddy Destro with. <laughs> so the smoking jacket. Yeah, yeah. It's um. No, I think the. Uh, yeah, I mean, so there there are other things to do. We have exhibitors. You have the panels. Right. The custom contest. They have a costume contest with yeah. like prizes for kids and adults mm-hmm. and stuff to be a part of. Um, I just think that the. The convention, we've talked about this. We talked about this for Indianapolis. Yes. Yeah. Like, they can make an effort to bring artists associated with the property, allow them to set up yeah. here. Um, if they price their tables different for artists than for exhibitors. Well, I don't think they know that. how to do it for artists. Well, but they do for BotCon. Is the thing. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. more artists that set up at BotCon. Yeah. They have an artist alley for BotCon. Well, and that's what we talked about they should have here, is they yeah. should have an artist I alley. I talked to them in, in Indianapolis. It just didn't happen. But it, I'm, like, the only artist set up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if I wasn't set up here, there wouldn't be one. Right. At all. There wouldn't be any presence of comic books besides a few retailers having a, a short box here. Which can... gives a good, which is a, one thing that happened today, is it gives a good idea of like how much people would like to see other artists was, at least when Robert was at the table, <laughs> he was getting flooded with people coming to look at his artwork and wanting to buy stuff and looking at, looking through his pages and everything else and asking them questions and stuff. Like, yeah, it's a busy show. not to take any business away from Robert, but if there was other artists there, they could be just as busy with people looking through their and, stuff. And honestly, you know, and I've got a certain price point for my sketches, sure. which is like, I, I put a lot of time into it, so I have to make it worth my time. So, you know, my sketches are hundreds of, $100, $200, $400, depending on the size, whatever. It's expensive yeah. for like impulse buy, casual, like, hey, I want a quick sketch of somebody. Right. If somebody was here set up doing sketches for twenty, forty, fifty dollars, they would do gangbusters. You got and you got a nice variety too. They don't too. even have to be associated with the property. They just have to be right. a decent enough artist to, be able artist to draw a character that would want to draw. Don't even know this. Like, so I just need to bust out my pencils tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I know. I thought you were gonna set up. Like I didn't know. <laughs> anyway. We all thought you were gonna set up. <laughs> oh, so we should talk just very briefly. My brother Brian is an artist. Also, uh, he's working on comic books. Um, Kind of just started doing it full-time about two and a half, three years ago. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, so he sets up a lot. We set up a lot of shows together. He does a lot of shows down in the St. Louis area. So, I mean, he knows all about setting up and doing cons and stuff. So, Brian was like, hey, I'm coming up to Joe Con. I was like, yes, because I had a big booth. He's like, this will be fun. We'll set up together. Brian shows up. I was like, all right, so this is my plan. You get this area of the table. Brian's like, I'm not setting up. I'm like, what? 
I didn't bring my stuff. I'm just here. You don't know me. No, I'm just here to check out Joe Con. I'm like, well, see, now, like, okay. me, knowing that, like, just just a vague knowledge of Joe Con or whatever, I know that it travels. So I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to get to see Joe Con again because it right, might yeah. not be in the area. So yeah, I'm just right. going to go and attend it and actually see the show. Right. And uh, Which I bet there's a ton of other people in St. Louis that would have had the exact same mentality. Right. Yeah, yeah. Come up. Well, and that was the big thing, too. Like, we... When I went to the Indianapolis one, they were like, I was like, I wouldn't necessarily go to Joe Con again as far as making a special trip, like to fly out to right. to it or something. Because yeah. like I was like, it's it's basically a toy show, which is great, but I was like, like we said, Indianapolis was kind of a smaller show, and that was my first experience with it. So I was like, it was great. I had fun. I loved talking to the different people and everything else. But I was like. Would I fly to Dallas for this show? No. No, right. the people who are flying to Jokon are there for the same things that the people who put on the Collectors Club. Right. Is for the exclusives. Right. The whole and you can tell us going into the show the entire show because all the weird rules. You know yeah. What I, mean? uh, I don't mean to say sound so disdainful when I say that. Because it's successful for them. Right. And you can't say it doesn't work. Because right. Because it does. I mean, but people, based on other convention yeah this is head exactly I, I should a disclaimer about this i'm not here to talk bad about joe con at all no i appreciate it i do well at the show it's obviously worth it for me but it's so different than all the other conventions i go to right it's just weird to me right to them it works and it's a successful show every year they sell out of every exclusive they do right which Obviously, that's a success, right? So Right. But that was a puzzling thing today, too, because I wanted to buy the Joe Creo set Yeah. that they had, because that's what I, I've been collecting, is I've been collecting so the Joe Creo. So we're talking Saturday, the first day open to the public. Right. And by noon, I would say, right? or Not well, even. Not even noon. Because they they had just opened it up to the general public. 10. 10 or 11. Yeah, about 10 o'clock. And they were sold out of and everything. And they were sold out of everything except for the Tiger Hawk, which is the the big helicopter, the big helicopter done as the Tomahawk done as a Tiger Force. They everything else was sold out. The Creos were sold out. Every, I'm like, how are you sold out at ten o'clock in the morning on Saturday of JoCon? The first yeah. day it's open to the public. And it's because they've had exhibitors and people who buy the special passes pay the extra money. Right. You know, they're paying seven hundred dollars to be here instead of the four or five hundred just to even get us in. Right. Um. And they come on Tuesday. Right. You know, they've been here since Tuesday afternoon. Wednesday evening there's activities. Thursday night there's activities. And they can pre-buy. Right. You know, so they so by the time it's open to the public, the store is about wiped out anyway. Right. But we've talked about that before, too. It's like, why not have some set up, knowing that you are not opening to the general public until Saturday, have some of your products set up just for the general public days. Yeah. Like, they and if you... To, they try to regulate that to a certain extent, but... You know, it's like people kind of find ways around the rules that they have. Yeah. You know, they just they just sell out, and I'm like, well, if you're if you you filled out within the first hour of it being open to the public, make more. Like right. Make, make a large, make more money. Right. You know, but I, they're just happy it's, with the way it works. And it it's works just for them. crazy to me though that 10 o'clock on Saturday they were sold out of the Creos, which yeah. not well, oh, there's not a lot of people yeah. sell, buying those. <laughs> yeah. 
Thank God there was, okay. I don't know, I can't remember who it was, but there was that guy that came to the table. He just happened to be at the table, and he's like, you're looking for Creos? I got Creos. He goes, I got this a... weird black market deal that happened. He opened his trench coat, and Creos lining both sides of him, and Ryan's like, Check And no out. pants, but, you know, we ignored that point, just right. looked at the Creos. I looked at just the Creos, but no, he said. And then weirdly, Ryan gave him 40 bucks and didn't even get Creos out of it. I'm not sure exactly what the exchange was about. Like, it was for later. <laughs> It was for snow job. It was for it was ah. it was for our own special panel. <laughs> but no, he he had bought a second set for I can't remember for whatever reason, and uh, he's like, yeah, I'll I'll just go yeah, ahead I and think I said that. I'll just go ahead and, I'll just go ahead and sell it to you. <laughs> so, Sorry, but he sold it to me at cost, which was really cool yeah, of him. I mean, he could have marked it up. Yeah, I mean, those creoles were selling for thirty. They were selling for forty. Yeah. And he could have easily... He could have easily said 50. 50 or 60. or 60. Yeah. And he would have been justified. You know sure. Because I mean? that's... He went... He got here early. He paid extra to That's what early. I would have paid on the secondary market. Yeah, exactly. And then he even went a step farther because I said, I said, yeah, there's just a couple other Creos that I need to find. And he's like, oh, which ones do you need? And I was like, well, I need a Televiper. And those are really hard to find. He goes, all right. He says, I think I have a second one at home. He's, and he took the card for the podcast, and he says, I'll email you if I do. And he says, I'll sell it to you for cost for that, too. Yeah, and I was like, that's awesome. that's awesome. So, And that's one thing that I have found is that um, it's like just talking to different vendors or whatever. Yeah. And they, and a lot of them seem really chill. Yeah. It's yeah. not like really at the big comic shows where they're suspicious of everybody at their booth. Yeah. Right. And they're like... They're not willing to trade, haggle, even just talk, like right. yeah, socially with right. people buying. They're just well at other big shows. If they're if they're giving their time and attention to one person talking to them, then there's someone shoplifting <laughs> right behind them. It's inevitable, yeah. But here they the they, they do talk to, to you. But yeah. here they will talk to you. Like I I talked with a, quite a few of the vendors. Um, I mean I talked with our but our buddies at Roma Collectibles the most because I've known them for five years now. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing with them was I met them, Chuck and I met them, not even related to them selling their toys. I didn't even know they owned a toy business when I met them. (laughs) Like, what are you doing here? Right. I met, I met them, uh, through Comic Geek Speak and, and through, uh, uh, the Geek Savants. The one guy, Ken, listened to the Geek Savants and I would post on their forums and he would post on the forums and we got to know each other that way. And then we went to Super Show, which Comic Geek Speak produced, and Aaron, who's who's the owner of uh, Roma Collectibles, he was there with Ken, and they needed a lift home the one night. Like, I saw them, I was like, and he's like, oh, here's my cousin, you know, Aaron. So I was like, oh, nice to meet you, and stuff like that. And he, and then they got hammered, and I was, they were like, can you give me a lift home back to the park? you know, the hotel, and I was like, yeah, no problem. It sounded Get, just like that when yeah, they said that Yeah, they couldn't even speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 uh, that was your impression, right? Right, <laughs> exactly. That's what you were doing? I felt like I was there. That's what I was doing. <laughs> Bringing you into the story. <laughs> Appreciate so, it. So, oh that was my first interaction with them, and then, yeah, I think we actually went to, like, a toy show or something like that, and they were set up, and we're like, what are you guys doing here? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, just the environment is, is pretty open, friendly, laid back. You know what I mean? Like, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it is very different than a comic show. I think, like I was saying initially, you can tell when you walk in, it's built around the exclusive opportunity 
Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. and it's a bunch of collectors who are all passionate about the property. Right. Like for the most part, you come in and that's what you get from it. You know. Now, so like me, only knowing that one percent of the characters, you know, the mm-hmm. most popular ones. Um, we need is, we need to work on that, by the way. It is. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, it's daunting going like looking around at the vendors because I'm like I don't know who any of these right. shows are. Like, but because, the funny part is I know a lot of them, and I still go up to certain ones hanging up, and I go, "Who the hell is that character?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, um, so I, I mean, like, it's not very. I don't know. Someone um, off the street. Yeah. See, like the, the stuff that I found just interesting um, because. It seemed like a lot of the vendors didn't have a lot of the main characters that I would know. Right. Uh, they didn't have like those figures or something of that sort. Because I, you know, yeah. if I'm going to pick up a figure, it's going to be a character I know. Sure. And you know, I, you know, you don't sign find those, or they're so priced, yeah, like, really high that you know I'm not going to pay. Well, them and there's casually. been there's been ones that I've seen like not even characters that I know, but there's been ones that I've seen where I'm like that that figure looks really cool, and maybe yeah. I want to get that. F- because that was what what you did when you were a kid, right? You were yeah. like, I don't know who the hell this guy is, but he looks really cool, so I'm going to buy him. So there would be ones like that, and then I go, oh, how much is this figure? And they're like $80, and I'm like, okay, I'm not buying that one. Um, it's super exclusive. Right. I don't care. Right. <laughs> and, and that's fine. And again, I totally get that. Like, there's every collectible thing out there has their ones that are going to be more expensive to obtain than other ones. But there's also like we were mentioning this before too. There's those retailers, and they're at every, they're at comic conventions. So I'm not it's not a dig on JoeCon at all. But there's those retailers out there that will sell something at their booth that is in the store right now, and you know it's not worth what they're selling it for. Yeah. Like I saw a Marvel Legends uh, Hulk figure, which has just come out. So not every yeah, store. Yeah, for the Age of Ultron. Line, yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. So not at, that. not <laughs> every store has them yet, but they're coming out. Yeah. This guy's selling it. It's a twenty dollar figure in the store, right? Right. Yeah, but they're for forty. Forty. Yeah. I was I like, I was like, who the <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Like I said to Robert, I was like, if I, like there was a couple guys that were selling them, selling figures like that that were in the stores right now for like twenty five. I was like, okay, twenty five reasonable because you probably paid twenty. You're trying to make a little bit of money off of it, and if it's here... Well, they probably spent like 12 Right. <laughs> but I'm just like... But yeah. But I would pay 20 at the store, so paying 25 to know I could get it right now is not too unreasonable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're going to charge me 40 for a figure that I could get for 20 at the store? Well, and that's one thing that's nice about having an artist alley. Is an, an artist alley, you find prints, and right. sketches, things that sort of... Something that's, that you can find at a lower price point, you know? Yeah. And... Um, if you have a diversified artist alley, you know, or it's like even like Robert, he has all of his prints. Well, I was just going to say that too. Yeah. If I was going to want a character that I know, right. I can go over to Robert's table and get a print for 15 bucks. Or even 10. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Or 10. He's, he's got the black and whites for 10. So I mean. Right. And you know, so like. I an ad for my artist alley table. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is appealing to a casual. Sure. Or to a Joe Con or something like that. Well, and like Robert was talking, if there was other artists there and you have, and they don't even have to be related to Joe, they just have to be good at 
drawing and mm-hmm. and you would hope that they would at least have some stuff up like before the show like they drew at least some stuff that was joe to say here i can actually draw a gi joe character which is why i didn't right <laughs> i wasn't planning on setup because i don't have any pictures of joe that i've drawn well and i think but you could get away with it because if you're set up next to me people are coming to my booth right. knowing i do joe work and i say well, my commissions are this much, but my brother's already taking commissions, and his right. are this much. I kind of look like Robert. I kind of sound like Robert. And I kind of draw like Robert. <laughs> <laughs> it was like er- earlier uh, earlier today. I just want to go over this. Right. Yeah, so this is great. Yeah. I was walking past this group of uh, uh, a couple people who dressed up in cosplay, and I was walking past them, and I heard them like, kind of murmuring. And you know, I mean, I went to middle school. I know when people are talking about me. Right. Like, as you're casually walking past. Right. And uh, and so as I'm walking past, I'm just getting out of earshot. And someone goes, did that guy cosplay as Robert Atkins? <laughs> <laughs> Which was so great. Yeah. Well, the best part yeah. about it was you had a lanyard on. With Robert's name With on Robert's it. name on it. I got two badges. As an exhibitor and one so I could pick up that pack, the exclusive. And I was like, hey, Brian, just use this one. So Brian's walking around, both relatively tall, glasses. We sound the same. Dark hair to the side. Yeah. Right. You know, and Brian's wearing a laner that has my name on it, walking around the G.I. Joe convention. Like, I totally would have thought that, too. I, <laughs> I can't blame him. Yeah. yeah but fun. that was great. But, yeah, I mean. Well, and that's the thing, though. Like Robert said, if you if you have a nice variety of artists there that are going to sell stuff, and like you said, Robert, it, like if you want a commission, it's going to be a certain price because of the work he's done and everything else, and and you're getting your money's worth by far when he when he does a, a commission for you. But if you don't have that type of money, but you still want to get artwork of his, yeah, a ten dollar print or a fifteen dollar print. That's not bad at all. And then he's got other stuff, like he does have some original art that is priced very reasonably. And then he's got his original art that's like in-your-face amazing pages. And yeah, those are the pricier ones. And so you got a huge range even at his table. So imagine if you had a few other artists that were like that yeah, too. Yeah, and I'm all for more artists coming. I don't look at it as competition because people are going to come to a Jokon um, who like my stuff will come and buy right. my stuff. And different the, styles. Yeah, style. but if there was other artists out there, then you know that just again, like you said, right. opens up for them to have more artists and to enjoy more artwork. Like I have nothing against that. The know, other thing I would is. like that they if they would do because I actually went on the website to kind of get an idea of, of like who's going to be there and stuff like that. A lot of other cons they list all of their guests, including the retailers stores. Yeah, like who's who are the exhibitors? Who, who are the exhibitors? Yeah, I go to this one. You're shopping, or right? Plan out your commission. Oh, I know. Yeah, this had the the three voice actor people. It had Robert, and it had uh, Kirk Bozigian, and that was it. You, I didn't know how many retailers were going to be here. <laughs> yeah. I had no you don't clue know what you're getting at all. Is, right, you, know. you don't know how big the convention really is. Um, but yeah, if you created an artist alley, just it could be a small one too. It doesn't have to be big. Get four or five artists. It doesn't have to be a huge one, but if you show that on the guest list, then it's like people could be like, oh, cool, there's going to be some comic artists there, uh, there's going to be toys, there's going to be voice actors. You're then now, and we talked about this in Indianapolis, you're now encompassing G.I. Joe. You're yeah. not just focused a thousand percent on the toy. Yeah, because G.I. Joe is a multimedia property. Right. You know? 
And they even which, which Hasbro even talked show, about it that. It doesn't feel like that. No, it feels like it's about the toys. Right. And that's it. Well, and, and, and even the people who run the show, it's, it's about, about the toys. The toys. Right. Yeah. It's about the toys. I mean, I mean, because even a lot of your um, your day to day people who don't know much about Joe who are to attend, and I keep going back to that because that's who I am. Right. And so relating to the show, like I like the GI Joe movies, and uh, but if you, you bring that up to some of these <laughs> oh, yeah. hardcore fans, like they'll just give you a dirty look and <laughs> talk to someone who they think is worth their time now. Right. You know, but that's my exposure to, to but, but the, or even just the comics. Well, you know? the danger with that, and you've don't, you've been able to tell this through uh, comic conventions, you have that crowd with comic book fans, though, too. They're like, oh, you liked uh, Daredevil with Ben Affleck? What the hell? I'm going to go talk to this person. And so like, <laughs> See, now, that I am that guy. Oh, yeah. I like that movie. <laughs> well, I like that movie, too. I actually like yeah. the director's cut version of it. Right. I actually I thought that was good. that's the best movie that you could have gotten for that time. For that time, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but or you get people who are like, now, I agree with this, but you get the people who are like, oh, you like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin? Like, right. I'm going to go talk to these people. Like, now, granted, I would probably be that person who says, I'm going to go talk to these people because <laughs> if you like those movies, you got problems. But... In all honesty, though, like if you like those movies, that's fine. I'll, but I'll disagree with you, and and we can talk and everything else. I'm not going to turn up my nose to you and act snobbish and everything else. And I think that sometimes happens. And this is that's the trap we run into. And not on at, at at every convention. Yeah. And I'm not just saying at JoeCon, but at every convention. So like you said, you said, oh, I like the the GI Joe live action movies, and they're like, okay, I'm done with you. I'm going to go look at these <laughs> toys now. Well, also as a vendor. They're not selling anything that has to do with the movie property. So if I'm like, oh yeah, I really like that, the, the you know GI Joe Retaliation. Okay, well, even as as a business person, as a vendor, I they don't have anything to sell me. Yeah. And you know, so well, let's talk to the guy who's looking for an exclusive. Right. Whatever. <laughs> and see, uh, having a, a little bit of a business background. I would totally be the person that goes, oh, you like the movie? So you like uh, Snake Eyes and, and Lady J and Scarlet? I've got those figures that are right over here. And I would right. show you where they were. I, they're not the movie figures. Right. But, but at least character names. But I they were character names you know. And that's all. And comic shops need to do a better job of that, too. Like when people come in, there's that elitist attitude sometimes in the comic shops. Where it's just like, oh, you like... The Flash. Oh, you like right. the new the DC fifty two? <laughs> yeah. Like oh, and it's like instead of saying oh you like DC fifty two, I've heard really good. I haven't been reading this book, but here this I've heard this one's really good. You might like this one also. Right. But yeah, it's just oh it, that stuff drives me crazy. But going back to the positive stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Joe Con's a lot of fun. Uh, I ran into a lot of people that that I get to see once every blue moon. It's yeah. not very often. I get to like see a lot of these guys. Some of the guys. costumes just walking out are really oh, great. Amazing. Some are really great. Some are very intense about costuming. <laughs> All right. So we'll talk about this for a second. There is yes. a guy, we just got to listen in on the tail end of this conversation, <laughs> which is great. Cause I don't know. I don't know the guy. I think he was at my table earlier in the day and the day before. Uh, and, and his name is just escaping me. But he was talking to Dez and a few other of the cosplayers that I know very well. And in this conversation, he was talking about putting his outfit together. And he was talking about his boots. <laughs> and he goes, 
All right, Brian, you, I think you remember more specifically yeah. what he said. <laughs> so he was like, he's like, yeah, so I normally wear a 14 double wide boot anyway, and my calves are just so big that I had to get these boots custom made in Guatemala. And they, what? I just like stop and we look at each other like, did that just, what? <laughs> are those the exact words that came out of that man's I mouth? think he was like, my calves are huge. And we're yeah. like, yeah. Is he bragging Which about it? Which catches my attention. Yeah, I was just like, when I hear someone, when I hear someone, when I hear someone talking about their huge calves, I'm like, I've got to see this. <laughs> and you're like, Whoa! And I immediately looked at his boots. Yeah. And I was like, those are pretty big boots. Yeah. Like, and then so he, and then he was like, when we and Brian were kind of laughing, we were like, did he just like brag about his calves and his Guatemalan boots? Right. Yeah. He's weird. got contacts in Guatemala. Calves, yeah, calves so big. Not able to be produced in America. Right. Black market, Guatemalan. These are only. These are Texas calves. Well, <laughs> so then, and then we, we kind of got distracted by something, and I overheard a, a second part of this conversation. He was talking again, this real intense look in his eyes. And he was like, and that's when I was about to go to jail, because I was going to kill that man. And I was just like, whoa, whoa what? And I started listening to him, and he goes... Because that guy doing in the 501st had no idea that I was serious about this. And I was just like, wait, he's talking about cosplayers, like, brawling? And I was we're, like, we're about to see this guy? We were, we could have seen a yeah. Star Joe's battle. <laughs> that would have been amazing! <laughs> 501st versus Joe. I would have been like, all, before you guys all start, I need to give all of you my card. <laughs> it's like Listen. whatever you do do not calf wrestle this guy <laughs> it's like that skittles commercial where like we're gonna end this the way we always do they have the old fashioned way they have those enormous arms He's like, that's it we're calf wrestling they boom, like, Get, like mothers covering their, their kids eyes it's like look at the size of those calves Oh, uh, I just and I liked how he said like the way he said it it made it seem like the 501st isn't dedicated yeah, like dedicated right. enough. I'm like, right. you know who the 501st are, right? <laughs> right. The 501st are way dedicated to cosplay. <laughs> yeah. And in a very good way. I I'm, know. I will yeah. never knock the 501st. They're yeah. awesome. They do cool charity work. I mean, I think that... It's an amazing organization. It like, is. I don't know what his beef was. There's not... We just t- we just caught the tail end of a very intense conversation is about there cosplay. Any, is there anything like that in Joe? Like, is there a group that's a There's, cosplay group? Oh, it's... I'm blanking. I shouldn't be. It's something Joe's finest or something. Okay. They're across they're across the aisle from me. Okay. And that's who he's on Facebook as Joe Colton, but it's Des, uh, who I know very well. And yeah. They do. Um, yeah. There's a lot of really great. You know, they do all the troop stuff. Well, what he was saying was, don't mess with them, or he will kill you. <laughs> he will go to jail. <laughs> murder. Murder. Kill that man. What he was saying was like they were disagreeing on to the level of how much you want to cosplay. Right. Because I don't, I don't think he was saying that the 501st wasn't intense. I think he was saying that the show structured. Right. He's saying, like, you know, we need to start a, a Cobra Trooper, you know, to the level of the 501st. I think what he was right. saying. He was actually arguing, I think, with another kind of major cosplayer in the J.I. Joe kind of world yeah. or whatever. And it's like, we need to organize. We need to do this. And, and the other argument was, like, look, we're doing this for the fun of it. Just enjoy it. Right. Admire other people, how well they're doing it. Don't try and set a standard Right. You know what I mean, or you know, but. but the thing is, there's to me, there's room for both of those. Yeah. Like yeah. if you want to, if there, if you want to create a group, if you want to struck... or you don't, <laughs> right. that's fine. Whatever you want to do, if, we right. will support you. And if you need, feel like you need to do it with your calves, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, like if you want to create a group 
to, that's going to be structured and you're going to, you guys are going to have rules as far as how it's going to work, then you can have that. And guess what? If you want to cosplay and not be part of that group, you can do that too. We should have Eric on and really explain the 501st. Yeah. I understand the concepts of it, but somebody for, you know who's really a part of it and just talk about what the experience is like. That's really Well, cool. I'm planning on getting him on. We've already talked about having him on for uh, doing Robotech. I know, but I think we could talk a solid half hour about the 501st well, at least. Well, when we do it. the Robotech, we can also do an episode with the 501st. Yeah, so anyway. So, so there'll be two episodes with Eric yes. at some point, at least. Yeah. Well, I so, yeah. So that, was, that was just a funny conversation. So, so, yeah, speaking of overheard conversations, my second, my, I'd say my third favorite overheard conversation was, I was over at Robert's table, and someone was flipping through uh, just the different prints that he had, and um, and he flipped past Outback. And then oh, the I know next this one. to him was just like, wait, for a second I thought that was Chuck Norris. And I was like, if that was Chuck Norris, there GI Joe would be an army of one. Right. <laughs> they would just be like, "Hey, Chuck." <laughs> it's GI Chuck against Cobra the enemy. Final save of the day. He never gets up. He's always there. Fighting for freedom over land and air. GI Chuck. And it would last one episode. GI Chuck is there. <laughs> He does a roundhouse kick and world peace. He drop kicks the terror drove into space. Like, it's over. <laughs> no more. Yeah. And then and then Sunbow's like, okay, what are we going to do for our next series? <laughs> it, I think it's the only other time that Hasbro should break their rule of naming it after an actual person. Right. Is They, they should just hand G.I. <laughs> Joe over to Chuck Norris. Right. You had, you had like... Uh, yeah, the refrigerator Perry, you know, right. football player. You had Sylvester Stallone as Rambo, Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. Slaughter. He was actually Roddy Roddy Piper. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Like, how was Chuck Norris not a GI Joe? <laughs> I think it's because they knew it would just like implode. They yeah, really should have just done like the whole Expendables line before Expendables became a thing and had like <laughs> yeah. had Rambo, had John Gladman. It really is GI Joe. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is. When I watched but, Expendables, like, I was old. like, "This is what live action GI Joe should have been." <laughs> all right, Terry Crews. Haha, we know your roadblock. <laughs> just keep flexing your pecs. That's all we came yeah. here to see. Did, <laughs> speaking of which, did you hear about how? Uh, I think they've casted somebody completely different, but how? Uh, Terry Crews is really trying to. He was trying to push for a while to be Luke Cage for the new Netflix series that was going to be Luke Cage. I was like, yeah. he would be the perfect Luke Cage. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, it's hard for me to take Terry Crews serious ever. Yeah, but and I feel like Luke Cage is if, a bit more. If he like, was Luke Cage, I just want him to say "Sweet Christmas." Like that's what I'm saying. Line. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Then, then, then I'd be. I'd be I can see. I can see. Well, number one, Terry Crews looks like the real life Luke Cage, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. build wise and everything. But yeah, and then I could. He's the only guy I could see pulling off saying "Sweet Christmas" that I wouldn't like just burst out laughing, going, I "Okay, this this seems all serious." But you expect him to say yeah, something like sure, that. Sure, sure. Where it's like, where like a serious character, then all of a sudden says, Sweet Christmas, you're like, okay, that doesn't sound right coming out of you. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, Chuck Norris. Uh, well, and I wonder too if, Out, I said to you, I was like, I wonder if Outback was loosely based on Chuck he Norris. He has a fantastic golden ginger beard. Right. So, <laughs> so he's got that going for him. <laughs> I know. Which, yeah. which is nice. Uh, <laughs> I think Ryan just had a moment with that. Yeah, one. right. Uh, <laughs> do we need to leave for a minute? Like, no, that was a Caddyshack line. Yeah. <laughs> the Dalai Lama and all that. You remember that? 
So, anyways. Times like that, I wish I could make the cricket noise. <laughs> Times like that, I wish you guys knew the movie references that I'm bringing up. <laughs> you guys oh, are pathetic. Man. I know. But if Chuck Norris was there, at some point, he would have to battle, you know, probably like, say, Storm Shadow. Right. Storm Shadow's shirt does come off, right? <laughs> right. Just like in every movie, right? That right. portrayed him in. So, that's all I know. And, uh, I don't know what movies you're watching with Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow would rip off two handfuls of Chuck Norris's hair, hair off his chest, and then he would run house kick Cobra out of existence. Yeah. I was afraid there was going to be like some Marvin Gaye music going on with that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he pulls out a seashell. Check it out, guys. No. We had somebody say something. Oh, I know what it was. Yeah, she was like, I st- Diana Davis, who we got to meet, who was awesome, she said she was listening to the episode where we were covering the conch shell, of Baron's blowing the conch she shell, the she said she fell off the couch <laughs> laughing. Her husband's like, what are you listening to? And, and he's like, what is going on? <laughs> like, what is this? Just listening uh, to all conch blowing. Right? And how it makes men lose the will to <laughs> do anything. Uh, so... So, Jokon. Um, <laughs> Focus up. Back Focus. to Jokon. Um, oh, you were talking about the... <laughs> we got in a long tangent. You were talking about the Collector Club uh, figure set. <laughs> really? 30 minutes ago. Uh, right. But we went off of that. I'm circling back to yeah, it now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's cool. <laughs> There's, like, figures in it. <laughs> Do you remember what you were going to say back then about it? Not at all. So you got that set. Remember they gave it to you, gave you the set? Yes, they gave me one. And it's in a nice box. <laughs> There's like 12 figures. Okay, so someone that doesn't know anything about Tiger Force, what, did they just come up with Tiger Force or is that a throwback? It was, they did, no, they, Tiger Force was a thing at one time. It uh, happened. It happened. It was in the 80s. It was so in the 80s. Yeah. Toward, towards the end of the 80s, <laughs> yeah. they, they had the, the main cast of characters, and instead of really coming up with new characters every year, you know, um, they would repackage the ones they had. It was kind of the whole, like, Batman, Sub-Zero Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, Super Street bat Lose Batman. Rainbow Super Street Batman. <laughs> Say no to drugs, Batman. <laughs> So it's uh, they would repackage these teams and repaint it, and it was kind of an excuse to take like a Cobra Rattler, which is typically a Cobra vehicle, repaint it and repurpose it for a GI Joe vehicle, right? So and vice versa. Yeah. Maybe. So you would um, you had Tiger Force, which was just a way to kind of give these tiger stripes, you know, just cool jaggedy, you know, designs on a number of characters. It wasn't like the entire line. But right. Had, well, I don't know how many came out of Tiger There's Force. There's quite a few. Twelve maybe. Yeah. At the most, and then maybe like half a dozen vehicles right you know are associated with the tiger force line then they did python um, patrol python patrol which is the cobra side of it so the yeah. tiger force was strictly gi joe right right but like he said they would take uh cobra vehicles a lot of times not all the, i don't think all of them are cobra vehicles though no, but a lot of them were no, no, yeah i mean the uh the tiger shark was was a water moccasin right it was a you know, cobra vehicle you had the uh the tiger sting right was that an 80s one I or think was that so. one that the Joe Club just did? I think it's one the Joe Club just okay, did. Okay, yeah, the Tiger Sting and the Tiger Hawk, which is, the, again, the, the, the Tomahawk redone, is just the one that the club did. Right. You know, back, um, what was the other Tiger Force one? 
Um, there was also, well, you mentioned the Rattler that they did. Yeah, so I think it was just the Rattler, the yeah. water moccasin. We can look it up. But So, yeah, it was just a kind of a chance to repaint, give a little variety. Um, you have, like, the Python Conquest, you know, which was, like, the, the jet I have out there that has the four yeah. wings. That was all done, like, with a snake skin. So you know? did it ever show up in any medium? Like, um, um, the cartoons. No, no, no. No, it never showed up in the cartoon yeah. or anything. It was kind of like after the cartoons were done. Or yeah, the com- the comics were pretty much done. The cartoon was pretty much done. This was it just... Was, it was Hasbro being like, we got to do something with G.I. Joe to change it up. So right. there was like... Because I know, like, even, like, Masters of the Universe, they they would put, like, a little mini-comic with, like, a character that you've never seen before. They would do, like, a little mini-comic that came right. out figure yeah. or whatever or something, but I didn't know if... Um, so there, okay. So here was the vehicles. They had the tiger in '88. They had the tiger cat, which was like the snow cat. Right. That's right. Oh, okay. The snow vehicle. They had the tiger fly, which was like the dragonfly. Yeah. Uh, they had the tiger paw, which was like the ATV little four wheeler. Yeah. They had the. Yeah, there's a lot more than. Yeah, there is a lot more than I remember too. They had the tiger rat, which was the rattler, the cobra yeah. rattler done, and then they had the tiger shark, which was the water moccasin done like that. Then in 89, they had the tiger fish, which was like the devil fish, the little orange mm-hmm. boat done all striped up, which I'd like to find that. Yeah. Um, and then they did the, they, they did have the tiger sting, okay. which was this uh, cobra stinger done in tiger. Yeah, it's like that black jeep. Right. And then there was later on, they did uh, vehicles of, in 2004, there was the tiger ray hydrofoil. And in 2009, there was another Tiger Rat that was done, which I think that it's was... It's just kind of like an exclusive or a one-off, right. just to be like, hey, we still do this kind of stuff. Right. You know? Which Tiger Rat sounds like the most 80s thing I could think of. Tiger Rat tail. But, and then, like I said, Tiger Force went up against Python Patrol. So it was kind of like you had the the battle going on and there. And that was just... Not, no, was that just like Cobra units with no sleeved <laughs> shirts? Python. Yeah. Python right. Club. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Welcome to the gun show, Tiger Force. You're going yeah. down. <laughs> you like, can be a part of Cobra, but if you really work out, you can be part of the Python Club. <laughs> well, surprise to you, we got Tiger Strike Chuck Norris. Like, it's over, <laughs> <laughs> Say your prayers. So, with Python Patrol, Python Patrol, which it was basically, they, they were like maroon. I just see guys in, like, rolled up t-shirts, you know what I mean, just, like, flexing. Just oiled up arms, like, and right. over-the-top. <laughs> nice over-the-top reference. Thanks, yeah. um, <laughs> don't get my movie references, but... Uh, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> but they, uh, the Python Patrol, they was, like, mostly, like, a maroon base uh, color. Like and, red, yeah. and then they had, like... Um, like almost a scale pattern on them, yeah, like, like a snake skin, snake skin type pattern. pattern. So they had vehicle wise, they had the asp, which was that the gunner thing. Um, they had the conquest, which you had mentioned. Uh, they had a stun, which was a, a cobra vehicle before, but now done in those Ooh. colors. So when the cobra or when the asp came out, who was, did it come with a figure? Um, it. I did the look. Let's see if it lets me. Um. But that was the only, uh, it looks like it does not come with a figure. I mean, because really, like, how are you going to deploy this this character? Like, get that Cobra Trooper in his ass while it's out there. Right. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like come on, get, 
get get off your ass and like yeah. fight the battle. Wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> that was bad. Now I need the I need the cricket noise. Just as long as you're not putting pythons in the ass. Wow. Oh, no, what? Wow. Way too far. Hey, I'm just using what's already available. Now it looks like uh, Python. That's why no one came with it. It looks like Python Patrol oh. did appear in the comics in uh, issue number 88. So they. Oh, so they're in the comics, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Python Patrol now, was. So what other what other themed um, forces? Yeah, Ninja Force. Ninja what Force. Other no. no. There was uh, there was uh, the night group night force or whatever yeah night force night force that, that was the um what the club did in indianapolis right the night force line. and then uh there was star brigade star brigade eco eco force. war that, force that yeah the toxic that's when like all the colors started getting really neon yeah you're just like this is terrible and they stopped it stopped being against terrorism it started being against like sludge yeah it was very Red captain Gallery. planet time <laughs> Well, because they saw Captain Planet was popular, so they were like, well, we got to reinvent ourselves. And that was the thing Joe was really good at doing for a long time, was they would reinvent themselves for the time period. And, it, like, nowadays, I think that's what they're trying to figure out, is like, okay, there's the nostalgia that people want, so we're, we'll always come out with that stuff, but we need to reinvent this Joe line for, like, a new generation. And I don't think they know what to do. And military is not, it sucks, but military is not the most popular thing these days. Um, I think that that sucks, but it's it's the truth. So, like, I almost think they'd be better off trying to reinvent Joe for kids by going back to the, like, adventure team. Well, in the 80s, too, you had, you had the Reagan era, where it was become, especially towards the mid to late 80s, it was like, once again, it was like, I'm proud to be American. Right. You know what I mean? Like. Well, that was not Joe, the case previous yeah. to that. And G.I. Joe was like a real American hero. So right. Like families could get behind that. And now it's, it's it's much more a global world. Like it's almost faux pas to say like G.I. Joe's American. You know? Right. Because yeah. they have a worldwide demographic right. audience that they're trying to sell to. Well, I mean, back then, G.I. Joe's were more popular. And Cobra was just someone they had to fight against. Whereas uh. now, terrorists... Are more a, a more popular or hot topic. Yeah, it's just a real thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, and I think that's the hard part with it is that terrorism is a real thing, and it's no longer these jokey characters that yeah. that are kind of a threat, but not really. Sure. Um, that's why I was saying I think they'd almost be better to go back, like trying to do like an adventure team type situation where Joe isn't necessarily military, but point. they're more that. like globe traveling thing. Like it's. It has a root in G.I. Joe, so it's yeah. not like you're doing something so different from G.I. Joe. The 12-inch figures, which was the start of G.I. Joe, had the adventure team. And there's been introductions of those you characters. You had like, the Navy guy, you had the, right. the Air Force guy, you had the Army guy. It was like a small team that just went out and, you know, fought the bad guy. Right, or they even just went on adventures. They had to, like, save a town or something. You know, yeah. there was things like that. Or we have to uncover the treasure of whatever... And they would have to fight monsters or whatever like that, you know, octopus and octopi or whatever. But, uh, you know, maybe start steering it more towards something like that, that for the kids. And then still come out with the... And then if that does well, then you can still come out with 
the stuff for the people like us that grew up with it. That's what Transformers has done. Transformers has the movie toys come out. Yeah, the because rescue that, bots. You have uh, yeah. Transformers Prime. It's always you have these uh, different la- levels of right. Uh, you know, and you have uh, age demographics. Yeah, for a while you had like Transformers, like Armada that was on TV right. or whatever. You know, so you have the different levels of cartoons, and then you have the Transformers movies, which is kind right. of like PG thirteen and above. They have the trans- and then you have Beast Wars for people who don't really are fans of Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I liked Beast Wars. <laughs> Uh, that was the only show that, like, my, I remember I was getting ready for for school, and my dad said, wake up, you have to watch this TV show before you go to school. Wow. <laughs> because he's like, 3D animation, this is amazing. Oh, that's true. That, was, yeah. that was kind of the first time. Yeah. That was the first time it was done well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for its time. What, you didn't like Reboot? No, I didn't like Reboot. <laughs> um, but what I've noticed is with the movies, they have all the toy movie, the movie toys in, in the store and those are selling okay but then like yeah they had the transformers prime and the and the uh rescue bots and stuff like that those are selling well because of the toy uh because of the show and then because those are doing well and because the movie did movies have done well then that it gives hasbro the money to create these other lines for people like me like the generations line and stuff yeah. like that where it's like these are the figures and the characters I always wanted to have. Right. Yeah. And it's almost like Joe needs that. They need the movies to do well and they need to get a cartoon out there again, by the way. And they need to have a toy line that's geared towards that, that sells well so that they can then also put some money towards the stuff for us collectors that grew up with stuff. It's just very weird how like they have this one model for, Transformers, and they don't seem to follow that model at all for G.I. Joe. And it's like, yeah. you're the same company. It is, but I mean, all the reasons we just talked about, just like that, the military is a very real thing that yeah. is part of our lives and the global issues, whereas like giant Transformer robots are not. What? They're not? You deal with that? Just saying. I just rented one for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. They like turn out the window, his eyeballs are there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Right, and you're my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> to- totally worth $60. <laughs> totally worth the $60. Bucks. <laughs> yeah. I am never returning this If you this could thing. rent a Transformer for $60. Bucks. That would be awesome. Um, But yeah, it's just... It, I don't know. Like I said, that that's always been one of my thoughts for trying to reinvent the line. The other thought is um, doing the 6-inch line, which... I don't care how much Joe fans are saying, and I guarantee they would boo it here at JoeCon. They keep saying, I don't want them to go to six-inch figures. I like the three-and-three-quarter-inch figures. I only buy the three-and-three-quarter-inch figures. And then in the same breath, they go, if they did a six-inch line, I'd probably only buy a couple. And I'm like... Okay, so Star Wars. <laughs> yes. They did their Black Series recently. Yes, I have which never, are right here. I have never, ever bought a Star Wars action figure because I do not want three and three quarters. I don't collect them. Yeah. I've never collected them. Yeah. But I have almost every single Star Wars black six inch series. Yeah. Because I because I can set those on my on my shelf and they're like mini statues. Yeah. They're awesome. You know? I yeah they're great. I have all of them right now that yeah. have come out because <laughs> I think they're so awesome. And I've stopped buying three and three quarter inch Star Wars figures. I'm an enormous Star Wars fan, so I did have a lot of three three quarter inch figures. But I was like, these six inch figures are amazing. Yeah. And if they did 
and again, we're dealing with the same company again. Yeah. <laughs> so if they did G.I. Joe figures with the same detail at six inch, you're going to have people buy them. And guess what? It might not be the same people, just like you were saying with Star Wars. You might not buy a three and three quarter inch G.I. Joe figure, but you might buy a three and th- uh, six inch G.I. Joe figure. Yeah. At least of the characters you knew. Yeah, sure. Well, it's like they're like what they're doing with uh, the Star Wars Black Series is they're giving you all the characters that casual person would know mixed in with a couple, right? You know, like you got a Greedo, yeah, yeah, the prototype uh, Boba yeah, Fett, yeah, prototype Boba Fett, you know, and it's like sure you can toss that in there, you know, every yep. once in a while, and then you know, because I, I mean, obviously they're not going to do every obscure, yeah, you no. know, in a six inch. You know? Well, and it's funny too because they started off by saying. We're only going to make figures that appeared in the movie. And then you got Prototype Boba Fett. And you're like, yeah. what movie did he appear in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was fine that they made him because I thought he was a cool looking figure. Yeah. I was like, I, I like it. I'm good with it. But yeah, I mean, now, granted, if they came out with a six inch Joe line that was as detailed as the Star Wars Black series, I would go broke. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, there's. 238 Cobra yeah. characters, like, that are specific characters, you know, like, I mean, there's more Cobra because you have, like, this Viper than this Viper than right. this Viper. And there's, like, 170 J.I. Joe characters. You have a plethora of, right. you know, like, characters to choose from and do this line, like, forever, you know what I mean? And I think people would, people would buy them. You just... You have to be, you, you have to be selective about... market. Right. Anymore, you have to be selective but, about which characters you make. Or is much duration of the character. Right, coming. that too. A lot of it should just be classic line, though. Yeah. Right. Part. But, like, as much as Robert might buy the figure, you're not going to make a Tollbooth 6-inch figure. Because you're not going to have a bridge layer that's to scale for 12, <laughs> yeah, for 6-inch. Yeah, you know, like, the vehicle-specific characters. And, right. You know, it's like, that's that's what you do market yourself really just out missions, of doing Like, mission right. characters. Right. You know. But then do you make, like, I don't know, do you make an Ace figure? Because Ace was well-known. But you're never going to make a Sky Striker for them. So you really have to think about which figures you're going to make and which characters you're going to do. But if you don't... If you have waves of four to six characters, say say it's a six-character wave, which is a pretty big wave for that line. You know, it's maybe four or five. That's like what Marvel Legends do. They do six... Yeah, Yeah, right. Um, I think we could easily come up with 24 really main name yeah. G.I. Joe's. Not even including Cobras. Right. Just Joe's. We could come up with 50 characters between, in the whole G.I. Joe Cobra universe. Right. At, that's 10 waves. That would definitely yeah. sell. Yeah. Hands down sell. Yeah. Right. So, like I said, I mean, you, I'm not worried about Tolu. <laughs> I'm already I mean, going, I'm already going through like names in my head. I'm like, <laughs> wow, I'm just like rattling these things off. Like, yeah, I mean, I think when we tried to come up with with some before, it was like we were struggling to keep like we were saying, well, what what would you put in your first wave? And we were like, well, there's like six figures in the wave. We're like, God, like how do I not put this figure in the first right. wave? How do I not put that? But then it's like, well, that's what you have a second and third wave for. <laughs> I think I think people would buy him. I think if they made him, people would buy it. I agree. No, he would be a way series. to revitalize the property and the line. Right. Because I think they they have really milked that three and three quarter inch. Like, right. what else are they going to put out that's going to yeah. blow people's minds? And you don't, don't and you don't need to stop the three and three quarter inch line. 
Yeah, well, they, they showed is, it with the Black Series. Right. And the, yeah, the Black Series does both sizes. Right. Yeah. Yep. They and they and then they do the five point articulation figures for the kids. Yeah. So yeah. there's there you have the whole gamut there. You have the three and three quarter inch Black Series line for the collectors that like that. You have the six inch line for the collectors that are like that. And the big thing for me with the six inch line for uh, Star Wars Black Series, which would be true for Joe also, was I was able to be there on the ground floor when it started. So I was like, oh, I could get every figure if I want every figure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to I go... I can buy it in store and not pay $80. Right. <laughs> so it would be the same way for Joe. And I'm like, that would be awesome, like, to be able to, at the ground floor and be able to get all these well, characters. Well, more than once, I picked up uh, a, a Star Wars uh, that I probably might not have bought otherwise... Um, maybe because I didn't necessarily have like the, just the extra money lying around to pick up five twenty dollar figures or something. Right. Um, but I'm sitting here thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm going to kick myself months from now when they're no longer in the stores and I wish I would have gotten it. I was like, fine, I'll just buy the bull and buy it. You know, it's like if you're on the fence, you know what I mean? It's right. Like, because we're on in on the ground floor, you know. It's yeah. Like, I'm willing to buy. I'm store. buying more figures than I would have, you know, otherwise. Like, <laughs> right. Because in five to six months, whenever they pull it off the shelves. And I decided, man, I really should have got that, like, whatever, that TIE Fighter, because it looked cool, and I just right. like, I didn't have any money at the time. Well, now it's three times yeah. as much, you know, whatever. Yeah. That TIE Fighter pilot's cool, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it's very cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it It would be a way to reinvigorate interest, at least in yeah. G.I. Joe. Now, and also, something that, like, this, the Star Wars series, the Black Series has done, is, like, so you have, like, Luke. Mm-hmm. You have three versions of Luke yeah. already. I mean, like, they and have... you're about to have a fourth. Yeah. In they, fact, in fact, one? in fact, the fourth one is starting to appear in stores now, which is him in the stormtrooper costume. Yeah, it's like oh, technically yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. his head thrown on a stormtrooper. <laughs> right. Yeah. That one. Kind of which I'm not getting away. that. I'm not getting those. Well, I am, but um. Uh... <laughs> they're getting everything, but I, right. I just I and they actually have a stormtrooper like... helmet that'll go over his head too. It's so fake though. But the thing that well, and I know why they did this. They had it where you couldn't take the stormtrooper head off of a regular stormtrooper, and Luke's head would not fit onto the same ball joint. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's so that they can okay, still they can sell this, this other one. one. <laughs> yeah. I never think I had on that. You sneaky little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, but I mean, even with, because uh, that would be, you know, for a couple of them, it'd be great to get, you know, the classic, maybe a Resolute, maybe, yeah. you know, or. Yeah. I can't imagine they would do a movie version, but you know. But I mean, even if you just went with like their the main some of the main characters at their main look, like what they're known for well, looking look, like. You got Roadblock with his basic tank top version one, right? And you've got him with like the green vest right. version two, which you have Snake Eyes with the Commando version one and with the Visor version two, like right. You can easily come up with four versions of well-known of the main guys, right? Or even yeah. Cobra Commander. I mean, like, well, and you could even well, I was gonna say you could even do. You were talking about Snake Eyes and uh, and uh, Roadblock. You could do version like the one that I would assume would come out to the stores would be version one Roadblock and Visor version uh, version two uh, Snake Eyes. But then you could do a con exclusive that's a two two pack of them with the other version of them. Yeah, they could totally do exclusives again, and then. <laughs> Yeah. Well, maybe yeah, you true. pay $600 to go no, get for that. <laughs> well, and on the Star Wars line, you've got lots of different versions of Luke, but like you're not going to have that many versions of Darth Maul, right? You just right. have Darth Maul. You know, or or even Vader. You know, yeah. you've got like beat up head Vader. 
or you without the helmet, or you've got like just straight on. Right. Vader, right. Well, and I the thing I appreciate about the Vader that they did was you can take the helmet off. Yeah. And, it looks and, like and you have that version of Vader. They didn't make two figures. Yeah. For yeah. it. And I was like, I really appreciate that they yeah, did that because I mean, they could very some, easily have done that. I think yeah. there's there's some joke here. I mean, they're all like version twenty seven of Snake Eyes or whatever right. it is. You know, I mean, it's like obviously there's gonna be characters you'll have multiple versions of, sure, like Luke that'll just carry throughout the waves. Um, you know, and some you might get one or two out of. But, but like, like Leia, we, you have like Hawk Leia, and then obviously like Slave Princess Leia, and, right? New Hope Leia, yeah, and stuff New like Hope that. Leia. The the one I think we talked about this too, like. Then you can also have ones where you don't have to come up with a whole nother figure for it. And you can actually almost do this with Snake Eyes, too. But I was thinking of Lady J. You could have Lady J with the uh, hat on and the one where it's more like the cartoon. That happens when Ryan gets an idea. He's like, I have an idea. Um, But you can have it just be an extra head in the the package. Yeah, accessory yeah. Just just have it in in the pack with her, and it's like mm-hmm. okay, you got two heads, and you swap them out. You could almost almost do that with Snake Eyes, with I the visor with version. Leia with her as the bounty hunter. Oh, as uh, Bosch? I don't know. Yeah, I think that it's swap heads. Just swap heads, or will they might be able to actually just put a helmet up over her head? Okay, so I really thought it was great how with the uh, Return of the Jedi, Luke. Mm-hmm. How they had the different vests. Yeah. Where it was like folded down right. and not folded down. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> Because they it didn't, couldn't decide. <laughs> it didn't fold it didn't fold down until later in the movie when yeah. he was getting like zapped to hell. <laughs> right. It just means that they're paying attention to detail. They wouldn't have had to make that extra piece, but they right. thought, you know, hey, let's do this and it just seems like the black series is just complete fan service. Yeah. You know, and, and it's that, doing that's well. All, and honestly, that's what Joe is right now. Right. Or it should be. It should be. But then, like I said, like you, you just have to try some stuff. Like just put it out there and see what people want and what they want to do with it. And I really think you could still get a kid audience to be interested. The problem is, and the tough thing is too, and and you you guys might be the exception to this, as I would be if I if I had kids, is kids aren't that interested in toys that much anymore. Like. They want to play their video games, and that's about it. Like, I've if talked... If you let them, yeah. Yeah, if you let them, exactly. Well, I mean, like, if you're getting your figures, and you don't take them out of the box... Yeah. <laughs> I Obviously, do. the kids aren't ever going to... Right. Like, oh, yeah. I do. I let my toys breathe. Yeah, me I, too. I have, the ex- I have exceptions to that rule, but those are usually the ones where it's like the packaging is part of yeah. the figure. And they've gotten really creative with the packaging. Yeah. To the point where it's a full diorama... Yeah. And, and you kind of lose something if you take it out. Right. Uh, we were just looking. There's a. They're going to come out for Star Wars. They're going to come out with a uh, pack. It looks like it's going to be the Rancor pit <laughs> with, with like, Luke in the bottom. Yeah. And above it is going to be Jabba's Palace. And that's all going to be one box, one box set. Man. That's and, nuts. And when you look at it, you're like, I don't want to open that. I would yeah. just leave it like that. But to me, that's, that's for that particular type of toy like that's meant to be a collector piece that you don't take out like i i've used this as an example many times i have the george lucas as a stormtrooper figure (laughs) i'm not going to open that figure because the card art is part of the if i take it out it's just a bearded stormtrooper (laughs) (laughs) which with no chance is pretty awesome right (laughs) um and i have like uh 
What else did I... Oh, I have the um, San Diego Comic-Con exclusive of uh, the Justice League of America, where it was like... Oh, right. The Fighting Starro. Fighting Starro. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna open it. It's like it's them all. It's already posed. Well, (laughs) it's meant to recreate the cover of that comic. So I'm like, they're already, and then the box itself has like sound effects that are done by Kevin Conroy, introducing the characters. I'm like, well, the whole box is meant to be part (laughs) of the toy. Yeah. Because like for me, the reason I started buying action figures is because I can't afford statues. Yeah. Oh, we've talked about that like when we first started doing the show too. For that exact reason, I was like, you know what? I could buy a two hundred dollar statue. Not saying I couldn't. I'd have to save up and, and get it. But yeah. the problem is, then if something happens to it, I gotta go buy another two hundred dollar statue to replace yeah. it. <laughs> Where if something happens to my twenty dollar action figure, as long as it's still in the store, I can just go buy another twenty dollar action figure. <laughs> right. Well, which going back to that Star Wars Black Series, one of the reasons why I like them so much is because they're detailed. Oh really yeah. Well. Big time. Their models are great. Yep. And so I feel like I'm getting mini statues. Yeah. And then I pose them how I want. You know. Right. The thing is, they, I make Leia making out across with multiple and... lines and <laughs> and multiple companies that if you have a well crafted like um, '80s property line, it can do really well. Because you have the nostalgia buy, right? And the collectors have that disposable income at this point, um, and you will sell out wave after wave, years of lines. You yeah. got it with the, it's a different buying model, but you have um, the, the Motu line. Yeah. The Motu Classics line is like they've almost exhausted every yeah filmation character that's been done, and they've really delved into like. Unless characters. you talk to our buddy Sam, who knows every character ever created by Motu. <laughs> I know, but it's been a, you can say it's been a successful yeah, line. As absolutely. Much as trying to stretch it out year after year, you know, there's, I don't know how many figures total, I mean, well over a hundred. It's a I ridiculous mean, amount. It's a yeah. lot. You've got, the Star Wars Black Series is, is going strong and, and it completely revitalized the property. Yeah. They had a new look, it looks sleek, it looks collectible. Right. Um, and I'm like, can you imagine if they put that much time and detail into even if it's a limited run, because you don't have as right. many characters, into like a Thundercats. Oh yeah. Right uh, into their figures were terrible. There's, there's the an example right there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's just they were just dumb, and and based on the show too, it's just like kind of crappily yeah. put together. If you had, uh, okay, so Thundercats was one. There's a few I was thinking of, and I just kind of blank. But Thundercats like mask, <laughs> mask. <laughs> Which we've talked about before. Yeah, no, mask yeah. would be awesome. Yeah. To, I mean, I don't, I really don't know why Hasbro isn't doing anything. Like I don't that, know. But like the turtles, the turtles had their huge resurgence, and I love the way that the new ones are built. Like, yeah. You know, they, yeah, they mimic the show, right? Well put together, and they release like classic lines yep. at the same time. So, um, and you could even test the water waters on some of the more obscure ones, like. Do just a small run of visionary figure, you know, figures and vehicles or something yeah, like that, just to just to see. It's like, you know, well, and I would say too, the, the other thing was Transformers. You know oh I mean? yeah. So Transformers, you have your high end Transformers, you have your masterpiece ones. Like, people will buy those enough that it's worth doing. Yeah. Um, the thing that cracks me up the most is you have Star Wars and you see what they're doing with like the figures and the six inch figures and the five points of articulation figures and everything else. And you look at Transformers, and they've got their movie figures, and they've got the Prime figures, and the uh, Rescue Bots, and stuff like that, and then they got the Generations figures. Then you look at G.I. Joe, and they've got their three and three quarter inch, with some being four inch, and a vehicle here and there sporadically, and not really much going on. 
And if you looked at all three of those lines, you would think that's three different toy companies. Yeah. And they're all the same toy company. <laughs> how? I mean, I realize they have different divisions, but how are you not freaking talking to each other and saying, this is working really well for us. Maybe you guys should try it. Like we've talked about with Transformers, the Transformers, they've been doing the uh, comics in with the figures, just yeah. like G.I. Joe used to do. And they're actually creating some of the figures from the comic series. Yeah, more so than G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe hasn't been doing it at all. Yeah. Now, I will say the one thing that I, li- I really liked from the, ha- the, from the Hasbro uh, panel was the fact that they are starting to create new characters. And I'm like, well, it's about freaking time like you can't like robert was saying earlier you can't just keep regurgitating the same characters over and over and over again because eventually people are just gonna you're gonna keep losing a few more people every time you do that because they're gonna be like i I already i already have eight dukes i don't need another i don't need a ninth duke and everything else so there's only so many diana davises in the world right (laughs) right it's not gonna keep happening so now she might buy it until they've done two hundred and tenth Duke, yeah. but at which point she has died. She won't buy anymore. Right. So yeah, it's just one of those things. Like, how are you guys not communicating with each other and talking to each other and telling each other what's been successful and what what's working, what's not working? Those three toy lines should almost look pretty similar to each other as far as what's available. Yeah. And they look so different. Even the successful ones, like I consider Transformers and Star Wars being successful. And like you were talking about, they have the Masterpiece line and stuff like that for Transformers. There, I, There's no Masterpiece line for Star Wars. I mean, that's the high-end, really detailed. Well, they've done their uh, not-high-priced statuettes. Uh, yeah. What was the... I don't remember what the name of that line was that you and I were looking at. Uh, Unleashed. Yeah, Unleashed. Oh yeah, those were awesome. Yeah, they're figures, but they were like yeah. They were just stitched. I have they're, not, they're not looked to really play with it, you know. I have quite a few of those. In fact, I have the Boba Fett one sits on my desk at work. Yeah, yeah. that's great. I, I have the uh, I have the Luke um, Return of the Jedi. Oh, nice. Yeah, I have that one too. Yeah. So I have the I have the Luke Return of the Jedi um, on a shelf at home. I have uh, Yoda, the one where he's jumping around. <laughs> um, He's got his lightsaber out like that. Uh-huh. Um, so I've got that one. Yoda's my favorite character. So, right. um, and then uh, I have the With Boba Count Fett Dooku one. Count Dooku standing back, going, "Am I fighting Kermit from Muppet <laughs> Treasure Island?" Like- no, Count Dooku's not in the one for me. <laughs> there is a there is an unleashed one where it's Dooku and Yoda. Yeah. Uh, this one's just Yoda where he's jumping around. Still taking the buttons off of Dooku's right. shirt. <laughs> it's like your hands. I'm an amphibian. They, uh, and then I have the, uh, I have Han Solo where he's going up the ramp of the Millennium Falcon. Uh, oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. And then I have the um, uh, Luke Skywalker and his X-wing. It's uh, okay. where and Hoth where he's just got his the blue lightsaber out. So so I've got quite a few. Oh, and I have Bosk because I love. Bosk also, <laughs> where he's like just standing, he's like growling, like ah. Yeah. So. <laughs> like what? Sound like ah. Okay. That's just the noise you make when you pick him up and play with him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> also voiced by Kevin Conroy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just have him in a closet at home. Yeah. Kevin, can you do this? Ah. <laughs> 
Although I do imagine that's probably what his voice sounds like when he wakes up in the morning and he yawns. <laughs> that's the that's, that's, the, sound the, that's yeah. the sound effect, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I mean, like Star Wars, they did that, which was great. Which right. I, I feel it's somewhat comparable to the, the Transformers masterpiece as far as like you get a higher end. You, you get a little bit more detailed sculpt yeah. type thing. Um, but, well, in like to me, even Masterpiece line for Star Wars would be kind of like what Hot Toys does with the Star Wars characters. Oh, where sure. It's like, it's high Kaiju, end, yeah. but it's but it's way like super detailed. Kai yeah. figures for yeah. whatever property. But, but it's like, it's just weird how, like like I said, you just look at it and you're like, how is how are all three of these the same company? It just doesn't yeah. make sense. And then, like you you mentioned, Robert, they Hasbro owns some of these other properties like Mask, which... If you ask anyone that grew up in the 80s, what toy line would you like to see come make a comeback that hasn't been done yet? The first one almost everyone says is Mask. Yeah, right. I think one that hasn't been done yet, like in recent memory where it's like been done well. Mm-hmm. I think Mask has the, the largest yeah. cast of potential vehicles and, and characters. Yeah. You, you might, I would say the only other ones you might say would be like, like Thundercats or something. Right. The cast is... They made an attempt, but they did a sucky attempt. They the wrong company. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. Um, I mean, they did. They've done Voltron recently with yeah. with Maddie Collector. Maddie Collector stuff. Um, and they've had their like anniversary ones, like I yep. have, you know. So. So. Which Voltron? They they did their their new uh, uh, cartoon. It was like a 3D animated cartoon not that long ago. Yeah. But which I thought it was, was interesting. It was because, good. Yeah, my nephew just came up to me and he's like, oh man, Voltron's awesome. I was like, wait, what the? <laughs> what Voltron? What's going on? Voltron has a cartoon on? Yeah. Like, well, and the cool thing that they did with the Voltron, the newer Voltron. Tyler. Yeah, yeah. I, knew, yeah. I know he liked it. It was like, I think it was called Lion Force or something like that. Yeah. Um, but they, the thing that I liked that they did with it was, which, because I wondered this as a kid, is any lion could become the body and the head. And then each one they... like the Red Power Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but each one like had a different ability then. So yeah. the black lion had blazing sword, but when you put the red lion in there, he had some completely different weapon. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool because it was still being true to the original characters and everything else, but you had this new twist on yeah. stuff. A little innovation too. Right. And the thing that was really cool too is they took uh, Keith and all that, the original uh, Voltron pilots. And they were now the ones training the next generation. Yeah. So it's like you didn't forget that that ever happened. You just, can, hey, let's continue this. Let's let's keep going down yeah. this path. But, yeah, it's it would be nice to – I just – I don't understand why they're not touching Mask. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think they just don't know, really know what to do with it. I mean, because you can tell from that. They need to keep listening to our podcast because we keep telling them what to do with it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm gonna go talk to the Hasbro people tomorrow. Say, Ask what they're going with mask. What's going on with mask? Yeah. What's why? Why haven't you done? Well, because like we said, why don't they just do a small like two vehicles? Just put them out there as like collector item type things, but update them for like a three and three quarter inch size or well, something like that. Well, they did it. You know, they put the Matt Tracker I, specialty GI Joe right. out. You know what I mean? And that was like awesome. It looked really yeah. great. Yeah, and people bought it. it. You know, I almost feel like they could just do a, uh, a toy line that's just, like, overarching 80 properties. <laughs> almost, you know? <laughs> right. And then they, just, they like, own the rights to all those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, well, to the ones that they, you know, yeah, it's like you just do a wave of 
Right. Uh, mask wave. Then the next wave is going to be, you know, Jim. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, Robert. It, it, Robert has a problem with Jim. No problem with it. You do. Right. There's an inherent problem with Jim. Jim's all right. Jim's all right. It just anyway. Just don't. <laughs> just, I feel like there's just, more. Just don't right? buy the box set of the comic. I, okay, so who I was talking to Ryan, he's like, "No, I gotta tell you what I'm getting." I'm like, "All right," he goes. We were doing an episode, mind wait, you. This is the middle of a podcast, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna get this." I know you're. I know you're gonna laugh. It's like limited edition. It's not a limited edition. It's, it came across like this golden ticket limited edition. <laughs> it's not. Jim and the oh my god. Book and he's like, "I've got a spot on my shelf. I'll set aside <laughs> for it." I'm just like, all I see is like so, him opening the box, being like. Caressing it like lovingly so, up against so his face. So he's elaborating on what and this I just, was. Like, started no, I started laughing. that happened. I started yeah. laughing because <laughs> I did. just was not expecting like he he was like building it up like it was like this awesome thing. And he's, like, no, it's this hardcover gem. It's not even a hardcover. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it was a box set. It was a box set. So okay. So it came with the diorama. So here's here's what actually happened because <laughs> he makes up stuff. Anyway, so, I laughed for about 10 minutes. We were talking about pre- what was stuff in the previous catalog. Sure. And IDW is starting to do the gem book. And I was like, okay, I'm going to pick that up. And I said to Robert, I says, I already ordered this. I was like, you're going to laugh. So I already knew it was coming. The only way you could get – what they did was they did a main cover that had all the characters on it. And then they did four more covers – each one with one of the members of Gem sure, and the Hologram. Right. The only way you could get all the covers was to buy this box set. Yeah. It wasn't a hard case box set. It wasn't a limited edition box set. It was just a box set that had all the variant covers in it. I like variant covers. I was like, sure. all right, I'll get the box set. So I ordered it. So I tell him that, and he, I have never... Myself and our listeners have never heard him laugh so hard and so long as he did in that episode. There's a while there was no... does anyone know, but even though they weren't in the same room, Robert was pointing the whole time. Yes. <laughs> I, I laughed so hard, there was no noise coming out. Like, when was yes. the last time you laughed that hard? You know what I mean? I was just, like, not expecting it. The last time I laughed that hard was when the first time I watched Hot Rod and he fell down the mountain. <laughs> After he was air punching. <laughs> After... I thought you were going to say the first time, the last time you laughed that hard was when you heard me explain to you what happened with the gem box set. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the fact that, I don't know, just the fact that he knew about all of this, just that he just was got it out. He was like, I'll set for it, I'll set to get it. And he was just like, I can just see him like playing it up, like, all right. And the funny thing is, is I get the previous catalog. That's as much thought as it went into it was, okay, here's the previous catalog. Oh, no, in order for me to get that the that went into it was like, ooh. Box set. No. <laughs> like, that's the, the thought. The thought that went into it was like, ooh, variant covers. I want the variant covers. I can only get them with the box set. Ryan's wife walks into the room and he's just laid out on the bread on the bed, just like with covered the in gem. It's like a star, like painted on his eye. Right. Like body I can explain this. <laughs> no, I can't. Outrageous. It was box set. Super limited edition. Right. The box set that's there in the bed with you? So you don't start heading down his path with the super yeah. limited edition crap. <laughs> the ultra rare hardcover slipcase. It was limited because you're the only person who bought it. Probably. Probably. Well, the only like adult male, but 
Okay, no, part, See, part of Bill the Bronies And I read, and I read, just what I was about to say. Part of me was laughing so too, because he gives Chuck nothing but crap for buying My Little Pony books. Well, he didn't buy them. Or watching the show. I just, no, I just tease him because he would point out different uh my little pony like customs that were done he would be like oh look at this one it was, it was a my little pony done as a sky striker and i'm like are you a brony or something like that i don't get what you're <laughs> Brian doing was just always giving a crap about it and then i hear oh but i'm getting this limited edition box set like only one I can it's ever. not limited edition box set <laughs> jesus no it was Cer- certificate of authenticity like, yeah <laughs> Gold seriously, box set. Seriously, it was it came with holographic cards. It was, it was flipped. It was flipped. A microchip in the middle where you say yeah. synergy. Give me the power. It was holographic <laughs> hand comes up and caresses your face. None of this is making the episode, by the way. It was flip the page. It's all played out in his head. No. Like, I can't wait. It's mine. It'll be mine. He gets it. It's like four floppy, you know, like variants in in a little cardboard box. He's like. <laughs> so it went flip the previous page oh look variant covers that I'd like to get oh I can only get them that way okay then I'll get that that's as much thought as went into it nope <laughs> uh, uh, that's a box it I hate you <laughs> so Anyways, so I read the first gem issue, and it's actually really good. It's a good all ages, as I was telling you before. I believe you. Should give that as a suggestion. Okay. So. For so, but the only way for me to get this for Lord. <laughs> yeah, get the box set. <laughs> the box set. Are there enough? I hear it's limited. Oh my god. <laughs> Money can't. Now, buy does it. that come with the holographic <laughs> caress? <laughs> I'm hoping so. You pay extra for that. I'm hoping so. <laughs> because we can't put that in the classroom. <laughs> I mean, for $55, it better come with that. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't $55. <laughs> what are you drinking out of? <laughs> My moonshine jug. I guess so. <laughs> so Robert's laughing at me, and then all of a sudden from underneath his table, he pulls out this big jug. <laughs> What's hilarious is Emma... His little daughter <laughs> drinks it the exact same way. <laughs> like, you're drinking all my water, lady. Yeah, my six Don't you daughter. ever tell me how to live my life. Like, Whoa, Emma. Calm down. She throws it down, stomps out. You're I can quit anytime I want. <laughs> Get off my case, Dad. <laughs> Gonna go order the box set. <laughs> Are you gonna throw that on my face again? So... Well, and that relates to JoeCon because they did an exclusive cover for G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, uh, number 212, which was Gem and the Holograms with uh, Cold Slither on the cover. Yeah, I saw that. So it all comes back to JoeCon. Oh, is that that cover? Yeah, with the horrible coloring. Oh, that's a shame. So bad. They didn't even light up the flashlight. Okay, so because this isn't a visual podcast, right. <laughs> let me first burp and then explain what we're looking at. I'll first belch in your ear and then we'll explain. No, uh, audio commentary that he just scratched his nuts. <laughs> and then he scratched Brian's nuts and I don't know oh, what right, was going right, on there. Right, right. <laughs> Jim is my name. All right, so <laughs> the, uh, 
it was I, a hologram. What, what we're looking at is the um, I did a, an exclusive cover or convention variant for New York Comic Con's GI Joe number one, mm-hmm. where it was Scarlet on it. Right. And it was crazy last minute. Like, hey, we need you to do this. Um, you know, IDW got me. I was, I loved. I was, yeah, I jumped at the chance. I'll be at New York. Actually, it all started because John Barber was like, hey, you're gonna be in New York for New York Comic Con. I was like, I don't think so. He's like, okay, never mind. I was like, wait, what did you want me to do? Like, right. I was like, I could make it. So as it turned out, I could make it to New York. He goes, oh, well, then you want to do the convention comic? I was like, yes, please. So all we knew is that Scarlet was in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know anything else about it, and I didn't have a script or anything. So I had that's actually the layout for a potential cover for issue number four of the original Joe series. I, you know, I, I turned in three or four cover layout sketches. You know, for each cover I do, and they pick the one they want. And I said, well, I've got this old layout. Like, because they're like, we want you to do it, but literally we need it, like, in two days. A day right. Or two, like that. I said, well, I have this old cover layout. If you like it, then it saves us the process of get, going back and forth and deciding. He's like, yes, do that. So I was like, I don't know that any part of the story takes place in the sewers, but it just turns out that I have this shot of her, like, infiltrating something. You know, anyway. That's good. Yeah. So I did the, the black and white line art, and I was like, look, I can get my... Uh, yeah, let me handle the color, the colors. You know what I mean? Like I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I think he gave it to me on a Friday. It's like, hey, by Monday, can we have a finished cover? I said, sure. Let me handle it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me take care. I know enough colorists. I'll, I'll figure out a way to do it. First, I tried to get Simon. He was busy with stuff. Cup, you know, and I was like, uh, Brian. I was like, Brian's been doing some really great colors lately. I was like, Brian, you want to color a J.I. Joe comic cover? He's like, mm-hmm. sure. You know, and I think he was even busy at the time too. But he's like, I'll make it happen. Yeah, I'll make time for that. Yeah. So I had the inks done, sent it over to Brian. He did like a quick mock-up just to be like, you know, like here's just an initial pass at just colors and light and color. And it was off of your pencils. Cause yes, like, exactly. Yeah. I was like, I'm inking this. We need to do this by Monday. It's already Saturday. Right. And then I turn in the inks Monday and I say, look, we're going to have the colors to you later today. He goes, all right. He goes, no, I've already got somebody lined up. I was like, oh. All right, well, I did have... I thought I was going to do this because I've already kind of right. plans and promised people. I was like, "What? You know, we can do, we can get it done." He goes, "No, no, no, it's all right. We got somebody." Else. Okay. So I was like, "Well, here's the inks. I'm done with my part." And then we get the cover. And the thing is, it, it was colored by uh, Joanna Lafuente, who she was just rushed on this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she was like, "Here's a cover. We need it by five o'clock today. Right. Go." And she did like, like flash, what she did is some gradients. Done. Yeah, it's comics and it's done, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So the thing is, she also colored that uh, Optimus Prime Megatron print I have. Oh, okay. Which is, like, beautiful. Right. You know what I mean? And I've seen other covers that she's done as beautiful. So it's not – I'm not dogging on her at all or anything right. like that. She's a fantastic so colorist. So if this she had been – zero time. If this was had been the only thing you saw, that would be one thing. But since you knew the quality yes, of her work yeah. other than that. And they're like, oh, we're getting uh, you know, Joanna LaFuente to, to color it. I was like, oh, well, all right. You know, it's I understand but then when it came out, I was like, I know for a fact Brian would have would have and been able to put more time into it if they would just let right. me go with what we originally said. So now I think it was also nice because I, I was able to talk with Robert and find out like, oh well, she's coming down the sewer hatch, and so I put a secondary light source coming from that yeah. the hatch, like she just came into there, and and I, on I, the gun I had like a flashlight built on as a you know an attachment right. to the gun, and it was just like completely right. like that kind it was of just things that I could bounce off of you real fast, and then yeah get that extra info so i could i could have added it into the whereas cover. joanna like lives in portugal yeah right <laughs> and it's not like we had a comment right dialogue. so that kind of stuff happens in comics too it's like a lot of people are really really critical of a book that comes out doesn't quite look as good as you wanted or whatever right and 
know, sometimes it's just, but it was done. Right. It got done, and that's sometimes what matters. So. Yeah. But I just look at that. I show Brian Brown. I was like, oh, is that the cover that I almost colored, but it didn't happen? I was like, yeah. And you look at me like, huh. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of, right. if, if it had been like, oh, well, that's an awesome cover. Like, well, I'm, you know, well, I'm glad that worked out. Obviously, that was. <laughs> yeah. But, I, but we can't say that. Right. So that was kind of too bad. It was still fun to draw. I'm glad I got to do it. Yeah. Well, I felt bad, too, because, so I get there at Joe Con, or, I mean, at New York Comic Con, like, hey, Robert, well, do you want to be on the, the panel? Because you did the cover for the show. I was like, yeah, sure. I haven't drawn an interior Joe book in, like, two years or more. Right. Maybe almost three. And and so they're like, yeah, come on, come on. And so I, so I do the panel, and I go and I sit down next to, in my with my studio group, I'm sitting next to Brian Shear, who's a, he's inks, Shannon Galat, you know, right. some stuff, and. He, so he's working on Joe regularly, you know what I mean? And they didn't even mention the panel to him. <laughs> I do a signing, and it's like uh, me and uh, who else was there? Oh, Mike Costa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm at the IDW booth doing a signing, but I, again, I haven't worked on G.I. Joe for right. like years and years. And there's like three or four Joe, regular Joe artists at the convention. <laughs> I'm like, wow. why are these guys here? I don't know what was, what was going on. That's funny. But, well, yeah, I think that's about everything. <laughs> and more. And more. Yeah. Always uh, interesting tangents we go on with, with these conventions. <laughs> it's really late at night. Right. So I'm sure that's part of it. Yeah. I think the important takeaway is that Chuck Norris should just take over for G.I. Joe. Right. Yes. And that we should leave uh, Ryan alone in a room with his gym. Yeah. Box. Wow. Wow. <laughs> If I thought nothing else away from this podcast. I, I thought two yeah, I thought it would be really nice to be able to record live with Robert <laughs> in person because we usually have to do it through Skype. Yeah, yeah. And it takes like 18 tries for him to get connected to the internet. It does. Um, but I'm finding but out. Wasn't this awesome? This is recording it. it. I yeah. think recording in person's a mistake. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I think we'll be perfectly happy going back to Skype. <laughs> yeah, I think the the the. Uh, the other takeaway from this is that, you know, if you're ever in a fix, just get a G.I. Joe cosplayer on your side. <laughs> yeah, because right. he, he will totally... straight up murder someone <laughs> and go to jail for you. With his calves. <laughs> so, Uh-oh. all right, so let me go ahead and give our information out. Well, first, Robert, where can they find your stuff at? Uh, it's Robert Calf Wrestler Atkins. <laughs> so RobertAtkinsArt.blogspot.com is my, like my most updated thing where I talk about what I'm working on. Uh, you can contact me through Facebook and Twitter. It's just Robert Atkins Art uh, on the social media sites. Uh, a couple things I'm working on is I'm finishing up the Joe Con uh, comic book, which is its own story we didn't even get into. But um, anyway, so that the the full issue of that will be in the Diamond previews where you can get you, know, you can order your own comic. Yeah. Yeah, that was produced by the Joe Convention. You usually find that in the summertime, I believe. If yeah, I remember so right. it comes out later. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'll be doing a lot of commissions. So you can see those posted up online pretty soon. Awesome. Well, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at the forumforgeeks.com. And you can sign up and be a forum member there. And we have people that are posting pretty much every day there. Um, you can go to Facebook and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast. Uh, you can email us at starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can call and leave us a voicemail, which we did get a voicemail. Um, I'm going to save that for next time when we're doing like a regular normal episode, not in the middle of the night. Um, <laughs> that is, you can leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-JOES, 
440-941-JOES. Um, let's see. We're part of the GeekCast radio network, so you can find our episodes there. You can also find us on the Stitcher radio app. It's a free app for your mobile devices. Um, also wanted to mention that uh, I found out through a listener um, that our episode 87, which was our interview with um, Fred Van Lenty, evidently is having trouble on iTunes downloading. So I was able to find the original file for that, luckily, and I'm going to get it updated and uploaded to the site. So hopefully that'll fix that problem. It'll probably take me a little while to do that. But someone else mentioned when he he mentioned that episode, someone else mentioned episode 15 <laughs> going way back uh, is having the same problem where on iTunes it just won't download. I don't have that episode anymore. So I'm putting a call out there to anyone that has the episode. Please contact me and let me know and we can arrange something to like do a file transfer through Skype. Or if you're able to send it through email, if it's not too big. If you can send it through email, just send it through the starjoespodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'd appreciate it just because I'd like to get a good file uploaded into there. And like I said, I just don't have that file anymore. Um, so I'd appreciate that. I know some people save podcast episodes and stuff like that. So so that'd be cool. Yeah, and Brian, if you want to kind of pimp yourself. Oh, yeah, plug your where people can uh, find you. You can find me at Brian Atkins at DeviantArt. Okay. Um, and then also, uh, my Instagram, I put up whatever I'm working on, just death shots and things that sort. And that's that Brian Atkins art, uh, on an, on Instagram. Very cool. And Brian does a lot of commissions. You get, like I say, he goes to conventions, but you can get a hold of him online to do commissions too. Awesome. All right. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and close by saying the force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. For freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe. Cobra's attacking our winter outpost. Call the members of the G.I. Joe team. And here's Gung Ho, Airborne, Doc, and Snow Job. And every Joe has a two-handed battle grip. Get aboard the Battle Bear. It's G.I. Joe to the rescue. G.I. Joe. We chased off Cobra. Way to go, Joe. G.I. Joe Battle Bear. Joe and Cobra figures each sold separately from Hasbro.